to episode 113 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Brandon Chowen, and joining me tonight is my co-host, Mark Nadeau. Mark, how Hello. has everything been since last we met? You know, it's been two weeks, but it legit <laughs> feels like it's only been a week because I'm just trying to catch up in the riptide of movies, and mm-hmm. it feels like I'm treading water. I'm not making any uh, any gains here. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, last week was good that we had off so that I can start getting a few things in motion, but yeah. <laughs> I really haven't done that much. It is, actually, you know what? I have done a bit. I've done a bit. Good. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Good. We got a lot to talk about this week, apparently. So, oh yes. Well, I, I hope um, all of our our listeners in the states had an awesome Thanksgiving and an even better Black Friday, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. But <laughs> yeah. tonight, though, we uh be, we begin a Wishmaster Christmas arc with a review of 1997's Wishmaster. And we're going to move on to round 43 of the Best in the Backlog Challenge, where we'll discuss Cheap Thrills and Deathline, a.k.a. Raw Meat. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Yeah, uh, (laughs) Raw Meat is uh, quite quite the film. That's a tease. (laughs) We're going to talk about it later on. Absolutely. Stay tuned. Don't don't change that radio dial. Yeah, don't change that dial, folks. Drink your oval (laughs) team. Uh, before all that though let's talk about how you can find us on social media you can find us at cinefessions on twitter instagram youtube and facebook you can email us at contact at cinefessions.com and also you can leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of the show 1-302-448-TALK that's 1-302-448-8255 you can also check out our long list of past reviews and all 113 podcast episodes right over at cinefessions.com. And if you're a fan of the show, please do us a huge favor and leave us a review on iTunes. Those iTunes reviews are essential to helping us grow, so thank you in advance for your support there. And as we have been saying, just as importantly, if you do like the show, just tell a friend about us. Let people know we're here and anyone you think might enjoy us. If you enjoy us, they might as well. Let them know about us. And uh, that way we can try to pick up more listeners that way as well. So we thank you guys so much for the support, whether it's by leaving us a review or by telling a friend or if you're a true superstar, by doing both. So thank you guys for that. All right, Mark. Yes. What the hell have you been doing these past two weeks? Uh, Well, you know, I'm going to talk about non-movie stuff quickly because uh, it's at the top of my head here. Uh, So Mm -hmm. TV wise... um, Again, not sure if I talked about this last uh, episode or not, but we finished Crazy Heads, me and Melissa. Uh, We had a few episodes left. It's only six uh, episodes in the first season. I don't know if there's a second season of it because IMDb didn't show anything for a second season. Um, I finished off feeling kind of just ho-hum about it. I thought it was just okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I did like the... uh, the two girls, they had this, uh, I don't have it on IMDb right now. I don't want to make too much noise on my keyboard, but they had this, uh, guy friend who's in love with the blonde, uh, who's like their driver slash like sidekick. He was a great character. He's very funny. Um, I thought the rest of the show kind of felt a little flat. The final episode, the big climax really kind of petered out. Um, Mm. so I probably, depending on the size of the following season, I might watch it or not. We'll just see okay. what uh, Netflix has to offer just because there's so much stuff that's coming out there. It's hard to keep up. 
Um, I really thought when I started my, uh, you know, one season a month challenge, I'd be able to catch yeah. up a bit, but they've been throwing so much stuff at us that I've barely made a nick in my, my list, uh, <laughs> much to my chagrin. Um, so yeah. finished Crazy Heads. Then I did also finish seasons three and four of Luther, which sounds impressive, but season three was three episodes. Season four was only two episodes. <laughs> so really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's weird. Yeah. So there's no fluff in this show. Um, <laughs> like I mentioned before, really good. I loved it. Um, I'm bummed there's only two episodes in season four. Um, if you like, like Special Victims Unit and all those Law and Orders, this is a much grittier, much darker version of it. Um, okay. So, yeah. And then Edris Elba is just fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, I totally recommend those shows. And, Again, begrudgingly, I started season two of um, Hemlock Grove. Now, season two is only 10 episodes long. And uh, I actually finished second season or second episode, pardon me, this morning. And so far, so good. Uh, it doesn't feel as bloated as the first season did for me. Oh, good. Um, I just felt there's a lot of tire spinning in the first season. This one, uh, because they took off three episodes, a lot of the fat feels trimmed off of it. I'm still not sure exactly where it's heading yet, uh, but I kind of, I, I do like where it's going. I just don't know where it's going to. Um, and plus, uh, I feel like, I feel like there's only three seasons in total. Is that that's right? right? Yeah. I'm not sure how long the third season okay. is, but uh, season one was 13. Season two is 10. Season three, hopefully it'll be 10 or less. Um, yeah. yeah. And I do like that Femke Jansen after the events of, uh, the last episode in the, in the first season, uh, she now doesn't speak with a lisp anymore or not a lisp, but, uh, that horrible British accent she was trying to do. Um, oh, so okay. that's pretty awesome. And right off the bat, also it explains a few things of what happened at the end of season one, right into season two, which I like. So, so far, so good. Um, I'll have this done, uh, hopefully within a few days, maybe a week. I'm not rushing okay, though. Okay, cool. It, it doesn't feel bingey yeah. to me, but after I finish an episode, I'm like, yeah, that was a decent episode. So I probably won't watch four episodes in a row, but I'll watch like one a day consistently maybe. I'll do it that way. Who knows? Um, apart from that, uh, video game wise, um, because of Black Friday, which I won't go into f too many details yet, um, but I did buy a whole bunch of video games. Um, so the ones that have arrived so awesome. far. Yeah, I know. Uh, so the ones that arrived so far, um, uh, Destiny 2, which uh, I only bought because uh, one of my best friends bought it, got it for Christmas, uh, for me, got it for his birthday. So I okay. felt obliged to buy it as well so we can do co-op together. Because he's really the, <laughs> apart from a few other friends, he's really the only person I do a lot of multiplayer with. And I don't do a lot of multiplayer to okay. begin with. Um, and yeah. we did play through Destiny a whole bunch of times. Um, so I'm never going to be like right now. There's a big scandal with Bungie about how the XP is being uh, scaled down for people over level right. 20 with all these special loot events. I'm not there yet. I'm only at level seven. And uh, so I'm still building my character. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully when I have more time after my days off, I'll be able to play a bit. But <laughs> of course, things come, you know, to my doorstep. My parents are coming this weekend. So. I probably won't have much time to play video games until after this weekend and then after my next days right. off or my next days of work. So <laughs> by mid-December, I should be able to start playing again. Um, yeah. yeah. So I bought Destiny 2. So far, I like it a lot. I think it's a huge improvement over Destiny 1. 
like the interface better. Good. It feels it just feels brighter for me. I don't know why. I it just it just feels now with the, with the first Destiny, I got so frustrated with the first one after a while that I, I even deleted the game off my uh, PlayStation Four because it was a uh, oh okay. because like just the download off the disc was like a nine ten gigs at the time. Now Destiny Two, mm-hmm. I think the install was eleven gigs and it was a nine gig update. So it, it, yeah, oh, I, I had to delete some games off my system to just put it on. Um, but yeah, so far it's running great. I'm enjoying it. So gay for me. Um, I also picked up Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. And I just was able to play one match so far just because uh, it had an 11 gig update. So I'm like, okay. So I played one match. I lost. I'm like, okay, I might have to take out my PS3 um, arcade stick. Hopefully it's uh, compatible. I know that um, Mortal Kombat X is compatible with this arcade stick. So I'm I'm hoping that uh, Marvel Capcom Infinite is as well because it'd be more fun to play on an arcade stick than to play on a uh, gamepad. But that's just me. Yeah, but it looks really cool. Like, again, I played the one match. The graphics looked awesome, but everything wasn't fully downloaded, so I couldn't go online with it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just released a whole, like, whack of new characters, for, like 40 bucks to get six new characters, which I think is a bit of a jip, but whatever. Wow, yeah. Then there's a 40 character, or 40 bucks for the six characters, and then another 30 bucks for all, all the, like, the downloadable, like, costumes. So... I'll see how much I play it first before I start spending an extra 70 bucks on a game, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, today, because uh, my uh, coworker's friend came back from the States and stopped at our post office box for oh, us, uh, I just got in my hands uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, okay. So that's a bit of a time suck as well. Yeah. So between that and then, of course, I'm still playing Zelda on the Switch. Mm-hmm. My hands are full. And I got a whole bunch of games coming in as well. Yeah. Like so, Horizon, uh, man. I, I started playing it. I was like, man, this is amazing. And then I yeah. got like an hour in and I'm like, hmm, I'm not loving this as much as I did an hour ago. Um, and then yeah. I just never picked it up again. So I know people are obsessed with it. I think it's the best thing ever. But um, I need to try. I need to give it another shot to see if it uh, can hook me. Yeah. My buddy Paul and uh, his wife, uh, Jess, are big fans of the game. Yeah. So... I picked it up. Plus, I, I think I got it for like twenty bucks on uh, Amazon.com right awesome. before Black Friday. Yeah, it was nineteen ninety nine, and I think it was like fifty nine ninety nine Canadian for the exact same fucking thing. So, <laughs> even with the exchange rate and the small duty fee, it's mm-hmm. cheaper than buying it in Canada. Right. So I I picked it up like twenty bucks is no brainer. But Absolutely. that said, though, I still have like Black Friday games that I bought from two years ago that I still haven't played yet. So mm-hmm. okay, since we're talking Black Friday, I'll tell you about the video games I got. Real quick, so, before I forget, yeah, update us on the Stranger Things incident with the P.O. Box. Did that ever get fixed with Target? Oh, yes. Um, I, I did receive it. Awesome. Um, the, the post office actually did correct the address. Nice. So very it good. is now in my possession. Cool. Good. Good, good, yeah. good. Yeah. I'm very happy with that. And okay, so with today's purchases, um, or I guess stuff I received, um, I picked up the new Vestron video, Slaughter High. So, oh, okay. So I've got, I've got all the new Vestrons, but they just announced two more Vestrons. They announced Gothic, which I'm very excited for. And I believe they also announced Class of 1999. Oh, yeah. I know they did that one. I'd, I'd forgotten about Gothic, but I knew yeah. about Class of 1999. And I think Gothic is up for pre-order right now for 34 I did not see a listing for Class of 1999 last time I checked. Okay. Um, but again, if you pre-order it, whatever those prices, by the time it actually gets released, that's how much you're going to get charged for it. So 
don't be afraid right. by the high sticker price now. It's it's a pre-order, no big deal. Um, yeah. So for the uh, yeah, so for the games that I got for Black Friday, um, I picked up um, the Evil Within two because it was twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Now, ask me if I've played the Evil Within one. Have you played Evil Within one? No, but I got it for the same price two years ago, and it's on my PlayStation <laughs> right now. Yeah, uh, I haven't either. I bought it. I got it used super cheap, like 10 bucks or something. I, I haven't played it. That's why I never, That's why I didn't end up buying the second one, though. I heard it's fun, though. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So I also picked up the Lord of the Rings Shadow of Mordor, the new one, uh, the sequel to the first one. 30 bucks, right? Uh, 25 again. Nice. Yeah. Ask me if I played the first one. Did you play uh, the first Shadow of Earth? <laughs> I forget what it's called now. Not yet. It's still shrink wrapped, but I'm meaning okay. to play it eventually. <laughs> oh, and man. Uh, fuck, there was there was one more game. Let, give me, let me check my phone here. I know you uh, messaged me, and it was all number twos, and I can't remember what the hell the last one was. Yeah, I, neither can I. Give me two seconds here. Uh, mark you over your credit limit. Uh, mark your. <laughs> uh, give me a second here. Track my package. Oh, it's in my, it's in my pants. Uh, this is called vamping for time folks as my amazon.com app switches from canada to us uh viewer details double click on that play by play oh i also picked up uh, wolfenstein 2 the new colossus ah yes yes yeah. okay uh, ask me if i played wolfenstein 1 H- have you played uh, wolfenstein 1 only the first level so oh, okay. <laughs> as you can see, I have a bit of work ahead of me. I've got a, so like I'm gonna focus next year on a lot of video gaming. Yeah. Um it'd be a lot easier if I wasn't um living with someone just because I <laughs> living, living with no no, but you know the thing is like we live together, me and Melissa, mm-hmm. and I don't wanna come home straight from work and then go straight downstairs and play video games. I, I you know, I wanna spend time I with know. her and interact with her, ask her how her day was and you know, brush right. the, the hair off her cheek and Tell her how pretty she is, you know, um, and you know. the cat, uh, because we have a cat. We, we have a cat. His name's Logan. Don't be, don't be gross. Um, so, you know, so I, I would feel guilty if I just went downstairs and watched. And same thing like with movies right now, you know, um, I come home from work or, you know, even tonight after we're podcasting, I'm hoping to catch a flick or two so I can like, you know, finish my fucking challenge. And um, uh I feel bad if I just go straight downstairs, you know, or right. I, I, I just do. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm too much of a, you know, softy. I don't know. But, you know, you have to spend time with your with your loved ones, you know? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's like a legit concern. Like, yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Because, like, we like different things. She wants yeah. to watch Vampire Diaries for the 600 time. I want to go play a game <laughs> or watch Wishmaster, you know, something like. Yeah. And so, yeah, it happens. We get split up. She's upstairs. I'm in the basement. That's yeah. just the way it goes, you know. So it, exactly. So you know, like even even though the, uh, it seems like I've watched a lot of movies this for this episode, which I'll be talking about shortly, mm-hmm. um, I really haven't watched that many because that's over two weeks. Because we do couple right. stuff, you know. Like we gotta yeah. fucking be men, goddammit, and treat our <laughs> ladies out to a night in the town and stuff. Um, right. Yeah. So I have all these video games uh, from like three or four years ago now, which I plan on playing. Um, hopefully before the PS5 comes out. So and <laughs> that's all for me, uh, gaming-wise. Um, as for Blu-ray purchases, I, you know, I haven't bought a lot of uh, films on Black Friday just because all the ones on sale, which were awesome, I kind of owned already because of my Russian friend. So right. so I bought a few things, but I didn't buy... I, I could have gone Ape Wild 
mm-hmm. and I didn't. So I got a few books. I got I did get some Blu-rays. I did get some actually some TV box sets that were really cheap. Um, nice. Like I picked up like Homeland season five for like fifteen Canadian. Um, I picked okay. up uh, uh, Walking Dead season seven for I think for like twenty nine Canadian, all in Blu-ray, obviously. Mm. Um, right. And a few more, you know, which you'll see eventually on the Instagram once I get to them. Yeah. But, uh, how about you? Since we're talking Black Friday, how was your Black Friday? Yeah, it was good. So I kind of went the opposite spe- opposite spectrum. I didn't do any video game purchasing. Um, okay. I, so basically, we've had opposite years. I, I've sp- spent a lot of money on video games this year. Not new ones necessarily, but like old ones. So I just put a ton of like, I've had a bunch of new video games this year. Uh, new to yeah. me. Whereas movies, I've bought, oh man, the least amount of movies I've ever bought in a year by far since I've been tracking mm-hmm. it. And... Uh, because of that, like I've just been putting off movies when they come out, movies that I really want. And so I'm actually glad I did that because I was able to get them really good price this Black Friday. So I do have a uh, like a pickups video coming that I filmed last night. Um, and okay. so I'm going to be re- um, editing that over the next couple of days. That should be up before this podcast goes up, I would imagine. I'm hoping for sure. Thursday. So um, you'll see if you want to see them, you'll see it there. But I will go through what I did pick up. So I picked up um, the first two days. This was like, I want to say like Tuesday, I think Tuesday or Wednesday um, split from M night Shyamalan was on sale for five bucks nice. and uh, the great wall was on sale for five bucks. I knew nothing <laughs> of the great wall, never would have considered it, but Chris is like, it's legit a good film. And I was like, no, really? it's not you dumbass. Like this is stupid. I, I, I don't and, know. Uh, he, he talked me into it and he was like, it's five bucks. It gets cheaper than a rental. And I was like, well, oh, that's right. true. Like, and it was it, uh, written by Max Brooks, who did World War Z. I like I like Max Brooks, and so I was like, yeah, yeah. why not give it a shot? So, have you seen that one? Uh, the Great Wall? No, I've avoided okay. it just because I've yeah. heard it's like a, just a whitewashing of a Chinese tale. And yeah. like, why is this white savior helping all the Chinese people with this dragon mm-hmm. on the Great Wall? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and just the fact that he got kind of owned at the Oscars um, with all the jokes about the Great Wall. Because mm-hmm. it came out okay. earlier this year before the Oscar ceremony. Yeah. Which yeah. Uh, I think I won the contest. Anyways, long story short. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I could have bought it for cheap a few times. And I just, I just so many things at my Russian place that I, I keep right. passing it over, you know? Yeah. No, understandable. I, I have no idea why the fuck I did it. I just wanted to add something else to my card, well, I guess, and do it's it. It's five but... bucks. Why not? Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, and then I picked up Warcraft. Okay. On, so on 4K. So that's the other good thing. Is my 4K collection went from four to eleven, I think now. So it almost tripled nice. thanks to yeah. Black Friday. So that was really happy with that. Um Warcraft is a film. Like I don't play World of Warcraft. I used to play, I played very, very little bit. I played it for like one night for like six hours, or something like that's it. Um, but the world is something I think Bridget would enjoy watching with me, that type of film. And okay. it was on 4K and I was reading reviews on the 4K transfer and it's supposed to look really good in 4K. So I was like, you know what? For I, So it was on sale for 10 bucks at Best Buy, but I had a $5 certificate. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. So I only got it for five bucks. So that's not bad at all. Yeah. So I figured even if I don't like it, 4K movie for five bucks, why not? That's a really um, good price. Yeah. And then the rest of these were ones that I've been wanting. So Wonder Woman, 4K, 10 bucks, Best Buy. So happy good. that I waited. I don't, because I fucking love the movie and I just didn't pick it up when it came out. I don't know why I just didn't. And so sure. I waited 10 bucks. Um, I grabbed the rest of these were $15 or the, the ones I'm going to list now, $15 all from Best Buy in 4k, uh, Saban's power Rangers, Kong skull Island, alien covenant, Spider-Man homecoming, 
Um, that's the $15 ones. And then I grabbed Logan for 10 bucks from Walmart. All solid films. Yeah. Like I'm fucking stoked to watch all these, especially in 4k. Like it's going to be awesome. And I've not seen all any of those except to wonder woman. And so all these superhero movies, which I love and alien and Kong. So like, I'm excited to finally get to these. You You haven't seen Logan yet. No, not yet. Holy shit. That's going to be, Oh man. You're going to watch that for the first time in 4k. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it should look no fucking kidding. amazing. And like, I loved all the movies you mentioned. I really enjoyed. Yeah, you know, good. Yeah, even Power Rangers, I really mm-hmm. liked. Yeah, big time. Yeah, that's one. Chris was like, you have to have. Like, he was pushing that one pretty hard. And uh, with Power Rangers, uh, have you watched season two yet of uh, Stranger Things? Have you started? No, I've not started yet. Okay, well, the Red Power Ranger plays a bully in Stranger Things seasons two. And uh, oh really? I, I'm like I see this guy and I'm like I know this face from something. It just looks yeah, you know. And I had, so I had to Google it. I'm like, yeah, that's a Red Power Ranger. I'm like, oh okay, cool. There we go. <laughs> that's so random. I love yeah. it. Oh, he look. They do not look the same. I'll tell you right now. No, okay. No, no way. <laughs> and then uh, the last two I bought. So nine seven six evil. I know it's actually one that you picked up yeah. relatively recently. Maybe at the last con you were at. Yeah. Um. And uh, it was on Blu-ray. It was it dropped from like fifth, sixteen or seventeen, maybe down to eleven bucks uh, during some flash sale on Friday or okay. on Thursday, rather. So I ended up grabbing that. I wasn't going to because I own the blue, uh, DVD and I've never watched it. So I was like, "Fuck it, I don't need it." Like I don't know what this movie is. Yeah. And then I looked, and my DVD's fucking full screen. So yep, add to cart and purchase that for eleven dollars. <laughs> um, and then the last one I grabbed was uh, the Harry Potter eight film collection on oh, Blu-ray. I own it. I own like years one to six on DVD because we had we bought that set when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we watched through it there. And I even then, like this was back in probably 2010, 2011, 2012-ish when we were watching through with them. And I thought even then that the DVDs looked like shit. So I, we are planning like a marathon with my some family and friends and whatnot of the Harry Potter movies over two days. And... I want to do it in with the projector and everything. And so with the DVD, it would just look terrible. So I was like, you know what? It's 30 bucks for all of them on Blu-ray. Let's do yeah. it. Um, I want them all in 4K, but I'm certain that if the collection is released, it's going to be like 150 bucks, which I'm not spending 150 bucks on these movies. Um, and so it's going to be out of my price range for probably another year or two. Mm-hmm. And I only have one 4K TV and it's in my bedroom. I'm not having family and friends come over and chill in the bedroom. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why so not? It wouldn't do me any good anyway. But <laughs> yeah, so that, um, that, that was my f- Black Friday purchasing, my Black Friday week. Um, and again, if you want visuals to go along with it, definitely check us out on YouTube because I will have that video going up uh, this, hopefully Thursday, I'm thinking. So hopefully before this podcast. Yeah, I'm looking live. at my purchases on Black Friday. I only did one from blackfriday.com and uh, seven things for $54. I picked up a Nocturnal Animals for like eight bucks. Uh, that's a movie nice. with um, Amy Adams and uh, who's the other person that film? Jay Gyllenhaal, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah for seven dollars, yeah. I got Predator 3D on Blu-ray. Oh yeah, I have that. Um, you know, I'm interested to hear what your take is on the 3D. Uh, I love 3D, but I'm hating the yeah. fact now that I'm gonna have to start buying UK versions of these movies because they're all either gonna be store exclusives in a limited batch mm-hmm. or nothing at all. Like I went to buy Cars 3 at my Russian place. He's like, no, there's only the Blu-ray or there's the 4K. There's no North American 3D. 
but I go to Amazon.uk, there's a fucking 3D version, but it's 60 bucks. Yeah, I'm not paying 60 bucks for Cars 3. Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. So I'm starting to dislike the fact that they're being starting to get phased out oh, in North they, America. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, yeah, and I'm specifically, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on when you watch Predator 3D, if you liked the the transfer. The 3D. Well, that's the thing, right? It, it's an up conversion. Yes, that's so, the word I was searching for. Yeah, and I I have to check my my uh, my collection. I might have Top Gun 3D as well because they did oh, Top yeah. Gun and Predator at the same time. Yeah, I have that one too. Don't know for sure, but I already have got Predator on Blu-ray. But I'm like a 3D version for seven dollars. Why not? Oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's why I it, bought it. Like I paid like I want to say like ten bucks maybe a couple of years ago when I bought it. Um, but I, yeah. I did, and I have watched it in three D, um, but not mm-hmm. in my projector, just in like my my three D TV. Um, and okay. I was a little let down by the up conversion, um, but hopefully it'll look better if I ever get to it again. If I watch it on my projector, it might look a little just because it's bigger, you know. Yeah, both my Blu-ray systems are hooked up to the projector right now because oh. they're both gaming systems. Oh, cool. So yeah. it, it will be on the projector. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll uh, let you know. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. I also picked up Deep Water Horizon, that uh, Marky oh, yeah. Mark film, uh, him on the old rig for like nine bucks. Cool. Uh, Nonstop with Liam Nielsen for five. Um, Kubo and the Two Strings for six. Ooh, good. That's awesome. Uh, I w- the- I've not seen that, but I really want to. I keep hearing good things about it. Yeah, me too. I picked up The Founder, that McDonald's movie for six. Oh, yeah. You saw that and reviewed that. I remember that. And I liked it. I like Michael oh. Keaton. And I also picked up um, Rough Night for nine. The, that's a uh, comedy, right? Yeah, that's a comedy. That's a chick comedy with yes. uh, with uh, Scarlett Johansson and Kate McKinnon and oh, the whole right. you know killing a stripper. So That's probably fun. Yeah, I pretty much got it for Kate McKinnon because she's funny. Right. But yeah, uh, yeah apart from that. Love and, some Kate. Oh, I love me some Kate. Yeah. <laughs> But between that and some some like TV seasons on Amazon.ca, mm-hmm. uh, very little this year. But yeah, all the I good was, stuff I already had. So right, I was very proud of myself because, like you know, I mentioned it before, just trying to save money, you know. And so I didn't want to spend a ton just because we have Christmas coming, and it's like shit. I yeah. have to buy all these gifts. Like, what are we gonna do? And so I uh, I kept it so small compared to the past three years. So I'm very pleased with myself. Well, I'm really because like Black Friday keeps getting bigger and bigger every year. Yeah, I know. And like I think the sales I saw online today went up 16.8 percent over 2016. Wow! So I might start stopping on buying my movies on a weekly basis, and then right. just like blow a shit ton of money Boxing hmm. Day and Black Friday next year. Yeah, absolutely. I might do that because even with my Russian friend, I get the movies right away. This year, didn't really watch them because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was tied into something else. And, um, like, I got good deals on them, but right. not, like, $5 good deals. You know what I mean? So Yeah, absolutely. Something to think about for next year. And that's, that's it, the same with video games. Like, there's yeah. there's unless you, like, need a fucking game, there's literally no reason to not wait at least three weeks for a game. Because chances are, even three weeks later, it's probably going to be cheaper. And if yeah. you wait four to six weeks later it's probably gonna be half the fucking price if if that long like it's and, crazy and knowing me because i i keep not playing anything but i buy everything yeah. you know there's no yeah. point of me throwing my money away but like marvel versus come on infinite um i got it for 34 dollars canadian that, that hmm. game just came out uh, like what a month ago yeah not yeah i don't think it's been that long i don't the really only game series, I, w- but... I would pay full price for uh would be fire pro wrestling when it comes out to, for the ps4 i'll buy that oh, day yeah. one Man, um, I hope it actually gets a physical fucking release, man. 
Oh, man, I, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Yeah. But, Even uh, if it doesn't, I will be buying it digitally. I don't care because yeah. Fire for Wrestling is amazing. And, but. and I was I was kind of choked too with this Nintendo Switch. Dude, they really only had one decent game on sale and already had it, which again, I have not even touched yet. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, like even like the the hardware sales, I was hoping to go for my niece and nephew for Christmas. At least mm. that was the initial plan, and yeah, uh, and no no reductions. But why would you reduce something nope. that's red hot, right? Right. And what was the number one seller? Nintendo the Switch. Nintendo Switch, yeah. right? With no cent off, it was yeah. still the Switch. Which is yeah, just because nuts to me. they were in stock. You know. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's all for me, uh, Black Friday. Um, let's mm-hmm. quickly go into movies just because um, I'm going a little long here. And we've got two weeks to cover. Um, so quickly, I'm just going to pull up my diary here because I closed everything else out. Um, so since our last podcast, um, I was able to start on my last leg of my DVD films. Um, okay. And some of these, uh, I'm going to just go through them quickly just because I've already posted about them on Instagram. Uh, most of them are. Yeah, and- Definitely follow on Instagram because you posted one of the fucking coolest covers I've ever seen. Even though you said the movie was kind of a dud, oh, the cover future, was fucking amazing. Future Kill, yeah, yeah, yes. I'll, I'll get to that. Yeah, it's a fucking shitty film. Um, <laughs> so I'll go with them quickly here. Uh, so for letter A, I, uh, I saw a local Winnipeg movie called uh, uh, Agri Somnia. Um, if you like David Lynch, like mind fucks, like. Um, um, Fuck, what's that movie? Eraserhead, stuff like that. That's surrealistic. Yeah. It's up your alley. Wasn't up mine. Um, I only give it two stars out of five. So uh, yeah. I'll go on a four-star scale here. So I'll probably give it like one and a half out of four. Um, gotcha. Boys Don't Cry uh, from 99. Yeah, it's a, I like that one. Yeah. Uh, my DVD cover said that it was, uh, you know, um, uh, Kim, uh, Kimberly Swank, or Hilary Swank, pardon me, Hillary was Swank, yeah. Oscar, uh, Jesus Christ, Oscar nominated for the, her role. Um, she actually won it. So I got a copy that was done before the Oscars. Um, okay. Fantastic film. Again, you know, I haven't seen this movie ever and it was really, really good. Um, yeah. One of the movies in my top 10 to see this year, uh, Citizen Kane from 1941. Oh, yeah. Holy fuck, it was good. See, oh. I, I'm I'm glad. Like, I I appreciate the film. I I definitely respect it. But just as like, uh, you know, like it's not something that I really like desire to go back and watch over and over. Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a it deserves the respect it gets, but it's not like one of my favorites by any stretch. Well, this feels like a 1941 version of like Wolf of Wall Street in a way. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, like I it really does. You know, like family, uh, you know, realizes there's all in the field. I think it was gold one and the other. But then you know, kid gets rich, does these things, things go bad. He down, downfall. You know, um, right? So it, it kind of feels like a version of that. You know, of that type of film, mm-hmm. um, which actually just came to mind now. I should have written that down, but uh, I loved it. <laughs> I thought the performances were awesome. Like uh, Orson Welles was fantastic. Uh, it's the guy who what he does, yeah. Oh, it, it's so fucking good. And the guy who plays his uh, right hand man. Um, let me go back here. What's his fucking name? Can I? Oh, Mr. Bernstein, Everett Sloan. Um, oh, okay, yeah. I do not know him from anything. He died back in 1965. Mm-hmm. Um, born in 1909. He was so fucking awesome. The performances were so good. I just, I just loved. I didn't like the newsreel at the beginning, which I mentioned in the, my article, mm-hmm. but I loved the rest of the film. I thought it was fantastic. Um, then I jumped on the Andy Sedaris uh, 
train, I should say. I watched two of his movies, one that has been posted yet, Do or Die from 1991. So it's a, you know, busty CIA secret agents being hunted by uh, Japanese uh, hit squads. Um, Eric Estrada is in it from Chips. The bad guy in the movie is fucking uh, Pat uh, Mor- uh, Moriarty. Uh, Moriarty. Uh, fuck, let me go back here. Um, what's his name? Oh, uh, Pat Morita. Sorry, I'm so fucking dumb tonight. Pat Morita, who is uh, <laughs> in um, Karate Kid. Like, it's Mr. Miyagi. And he plays a bad guy who sends out these hit squads to kill these two large-breasted CIA spies who like to get naked and change in front of cameras a lot. Um, so it's boobs, it's gun- it's a girls with guns <laughs> subgenre, which I love, Benny Sedaris's. It was fantastic. I fucking loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. If you like Malibu Express, same director. So so you kind of okay. know what kind of right, yeah. feel this film gets. Um, so awesome. I saw that. Um, for a letter E, uh, Elvira's Haunted Hills, which is like a 2001 direct-to-video, cheaply made film. But because we did the Paul Corman cycle, um, this yeah. is a bit of a spoof of the AIP Paul films. So I got a lot of the references, which I it made me enjoy the film more. I think if I wouldn't have known that, um, I would have hated the film. But the film stars uh, from um, from Rock and Roll Picture Show, uh, uh, Richard O'Brien which I didn't even recognize at first because he doesn't have the long hair because he plays, uh, he plays the, uh, well, the narrator, of course, let me go back here. Um, Riff Raff. So Riff Raff is in fucking um, Haunted Hills. So that was kind of cool. Um, hmm. Yeah. And, but the, the, is the movie good? Not really, but it's still, it was enjoyable. <laughs> um, and then, well, the one I just posted yesterday, Future Kill, which is pretty much a new wave version of the Warriors. If it was shitty, okay. like the, the best thing of this film is the actual poster art, which was done by H.R. Geiger. The film itself sucks. Yeah, it's, it's a fucking mess. It's touted as the return of um, of Marilyn Burns and Edwin Neal on the big screen because they were uh, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre together. Um, oh, right. Who yeah. gives a fuck? The movie is so gritty and, uh, and dark. You can't see fuck all anyways. So. It's a total pass. Oh, um, and then I'm going to be posting another Andy Serres film uh, probably maybe tomorrow, maybe Thursday uh, for a movie called Guns, okay. which I did not like at all. It was it seems to be his, uh-huh. like his one serious film. At least it's his only serious film that I've seen of his oeuvre so far. Um, it's a very toned down version of uh, Go, uh, Do or Die, which was filmed after this one. Um, I just didn't like it. A lot of people didn't like it, according to uh, web uh, critics. Um, so it's a bit of a pass. So that's all I've seen for the uh, challenge. Uh, one film that we can both talk about because we've both seen it now is Justice League. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We both saw Justice League. I bought you a popcorn. You didn't have any of it. The bag just <laughs> stayed there, emptying the seats. <laughs> I am an fu- asshole like that. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I, again, no spoilers because one, it's a new film and I don't want to spoil, right. you know, whatever here. Um, yeah. I I thought it was passable. I didn't love it um, because of some, some the, the, the film's troubled. 
I think social media doesn't help though. Like the whole thing with Ben Affleck not wanting to be Batman anymore kind of bugged me because I don't understand why you wouldn't be one of the best superheroes on film and just in general. Um, so just seeing him on screen as Batman, knowing that he doesn't want to be Batman anymore, I just, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Hmm. Um, I was not a big fan of Cyborg or Flash, to be honest. Um, oh, okay. But I loved Aquaman. The guy I thought I'd hate the most. I fucking, fucking love. Fucking Roman Reigns, man. Oh. Well, right? Yeah. If Roman That's Reigns was like you. cool, it'd be Jason Momoa. Um, <laughs> so I, I loved I loved Aquaman. Uh, um, Wonder Woman was awesome as she is. Like she's yeah, she's exactly. by far the best character in this universe. Um, yeah, I love her and so you know, yeah. So I'm looking forward to the Aquaman movie because we'll see where he goes. But I thought she was awesome, and surprisingly enough, I wanted more Superman. I didn't think it was in the movie okay. enough, and I wanted more of him. Um, I've never been a fan of his character, but I th- I think Henry Cavill is doing such a great job with the character in this current yeah. DC universe that I was bummed he was not in it more. And mm-hmm. he looked freaky as fuck with that digitized mustache removal. So you noticed that? Did you know about it going in? I did. So okay. I was seeking it out, yeah. and then I saw it, and I'm like... Then I thought maybe I was seeing in scenes that he wasn't in because he's not in the movie that much. So I'm like, with all these reshoots, I'm like, well, fuck, what was left on the cutting room floor? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, it bugged me a bit, but I still liked him. And like, you know, him and Amy Adams are fun together. But uh, I was also underwhelmed with Steppenwolf, the bad guy of the film, because he was complete CGI and he looked like a PS3 cutscene. Like, it didn't look real whatsoever, and that kind of threw me off as well. Like, they're not – they're spending all this money on – like, the whole mustache thing with Cavill cost them $25 million. <laughs> That's amazing. I wish I had $25 million yeah, I, to I, remove someone's mustache from a movie. That cracks my shit up. Right. I think it's Paramount who uh, owns the Mission Impossible series, and he's filming Mission Impossible 6 right now, and he's got yeah. a mustache. And they said, fuck you, Warner Brothers. He's not shaving his mustache off for your hmm. reshoots. That's why they had to digitize right. the mustache off, which cost $25 million. Wow. Man. It's it's gross because it doesn't look good, so, you know? Yeah, like um, I, I didn't notice the mustache thing at all. I thought that was so overhyped. Um, didn't bother me a second. Didn't even think about it. I, well, I did think about it at first because I was okay. like, is this like, is this was his mustache taken off here or was it in the next movie? Did they add it? Like, I couldn't remember exactly how it was. And then I just like, I didn't even think about it anymore after that. Um, and I just, I fucking love this. Like, I can't pick which one I liked better between Rag- Thor Ragnarok and Justice League. I, I just love both mm-hmm. these universes so much and I had so much fun. Um, I, I like the new characters out of the new ones. I think I, so flash was my favorite just because I thought he was, he was really funny and he brought the humor. I was very reminiscent of like Spider-Man. Okay. I, this, all the shits in my review, which you can find at Cinefessions, but, um, I yeah. was just very reminiscent of like Spider-Man in the Marvel universe, uh, except, uh, like more mature, more, you know, definitely an older character, uh, but still reminded yeah. me of him just bringing the humor. Um, and the way he was kind of like in awe that he was in Batman's lair, you know, Batcave and everything. Like it was just, it was cool. Um, Aquaman, yeah. I thought just make, man, I wish I looked like Jason Momoa. Like he's so fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, so just like a legitimate badass, like awesome character. 
we find out virtually nothing about him. And so I cannot wait for Aquaman, the standalone film, because I want to know more about him because I think he's so cool. Um, Cyborg, he was kind of like the most... uh, So two things with him. One, if I had to pick like uh, the my least favorite out of them, it would be Cyborg. But I was surprised like how crucial he actually was to the whole thing because really without him, they wouldn't have been able to do any of this shit. So he's very, you know, critical. And so that surprised me. Um, But just like... I wish I would have known more like about his story. Like, I, I I don't know. We we learn more about him than we do Aquaman. Yet, <laughs> it's just something about Aquaman. It's like his like aura. Something about him. Like I want to know more about him, and I don't really care too much about Cyborg. Like, I'll see mm-hmm. a standalone film with him if they do one. But it just it didn't feel like there'd be it would be interesting to see him in a standalone film. Whereas Aquaman, we'll see- I think, will be. This is the thing, like a Wonder Woman, yes, standalone. Mm-hmm. Aquaman, yes, standalone. But now Flash and, and Cyborg, to me, this should be a buddy film. That would be, I would absolutely be down with that. Because like, they have I, a couple th- scenes together and I think that they're really yeah. much better together, like you're saying. So that's a good point. I, I think there's a budding chemistry there, which yeah. I saw. Yep. Um, but I, I can't see this Flash hold off a whole movie by himself. And apparently, because they keep saying the whole universe is in disarray and blah, 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 mm-hmm. that his film will be Flashpoint, which kind of fucks up the whole speed yeah. force and then pulls in all these different universes. Right. So maybe that he will eventually be merging with the Flash from TV or whatever. I don't know. That would be cool. Um, yeah. I think so. But I'd rather see like, you know, a, a Flash and Cyborg movie and then a Cyborg and Flash movie together. Mm-hmm. I don't think they, they'd be able to hold up a whole film by themselves. And that's another thing that bugged me with Cyborg. Even like, he's all CGI, right? Minus yeah. like the face. Right. But even at points, the face, the way the gems glowed on his face, he looked CGI. Hmm. Like it, it just seemed like sometimes it wasn't even the actor acting, but it was yeah. just a CGI mock of him. Again, hmm. could be me. I was watching this in IMAX um, mm-hmm. 3D. Was it okay. 3D? I can't remember if it was 3D or not. I think it was. Um, right. So, you know, they have the, you know, I'm wearing glasses upon glasses. Or maybe it's right. because of the you know distortion. Plus, I got digital lenses. So, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he just didn't seem like the, the, like the, the human part of him. Mm-hmm. Didn't seem all that human to me. Hmm. But again... You know- it, it was uh, all, all this. This I'm not. I'm not hating on the film. I'm no, gonna no. buy it when it comes out. Right. Um. It, I think it's my least favorite of the DC movies so far. Okay. Um. I mean, but I still, I still give it like a passing grade. It's still a two out of four for me. Yeah. For me, I mean, no, I don't think anything's gonna top Wonder Woman. I think it's just one of the best fucking superhero movies. Period. Um. It's so fucking great. Um. But I would probably, in terms of the DCEU, I would probably put Justice League right behind Wonder Woman. Um. I really enjoyed it. And I think once mm. Superman was, uh, you know, uh, introduced to yeah. the film, like it just took off for me. So up to that point, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, man, I feel like I've, I liked Thor better when I'm until that point. And because like, it's just a lot of talking, there's a lot of this and that. But yeah. then Superman's there and it's just boom, it just takes off to another level. And it's like, oh, shit, like I didn't look back. Um, and so I just, I can't say which one I liked better. I think they both have, you know, their, their positives and their negatives. And uh, I just, I love that we have both of these universes um, because I know there are people who absolutely despise the DC movies, sure. ju- but that said, there are also people who absolutely despise the Marvel universe yeah. and that's fine. I think yeah. like this really covers both, both, you know, all sides of it. And so I'll, I think there's I'll watch them all. Me too. Yeah. I, I, but- <laughs> 
having a blast watching them all. So I, I think, well, you're going to have a blast watching all those 4K flicks now. Hell yeah. But, uh, I think if you put Thor and Justice League side by side, the, the Thor film just looks that much more polished. Like just because they're both CGI heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, again, one is dark. One's really colorful, neon glowing and whatnot. Yep. Um, I just think, I personally think Thor looks so much better. And that's interesting because Chris, yeah. like, just because he's, I talked to him all the fucking time. So, um, he thought Thor looked super fake. Like he hated it, hated it and thought the CGI was just laughably bad. Whereas really? like, I thought it was fucking amazing, but I thought yeah. just, I didn't have any problems with justice league either. And yeah. so I don't know. And I hate bad CGI. Like I'll be the first to point it out when I notice it, but if I don't notice oh, it, yeah. I'm not going to point it out, you know? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, I don't, it's so interesting because we're all watching the same movie. We're just mm-hmm. seeing different things. And I don't, you know, it's yeah, just no, totally what you're getting but, taken uh, in by, I guess, and what you're noticing and not or is, yeah. is affecting what you're noticing or not. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, apart from that, that's all for me uh, for these last two weeks there. I've taken up yeah. enough time, but uh, yeah, no, good. it's been, uh, it, it seems nonstop. <laughs> yeah. And I also had time to cuddle. <laughs> Most importantly. <laughs> good, good, good. Yes. Yeah. I didn't do too terribly, too terribly much. Um, so I watched, we were just trying to flip through Netflix and uh, we landed on Sing from 2016, which is like an animated family movie. Um, but it's a lot of covers of like, you know, popular songs. Um, yeah. And I thought that was was exactly what you'd expect it to be. It was it was fine. I gave it three stars. Like it was good. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, basically like this, uh, this guy runs his own theater and he's uh, – trying to save it because it's in foreclosure or it's about to be in foreclosure from the bank. And so he decides to have the singing competition. He wants to give away a thousand dollars, but the old secretary who's been with him through thick and thin accidentally types in two extra zeros. And so it's a hundred thousand dollar prize. And so the streets are lined with people, uh, you know, these, and they're all like animal characters yep. um, trying to win this prize. And he's like, what's going on? And then he gets into the trouble of that. Cause he obviously doesn't have a hundred thousand dollars and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's incredibly predictable, but I like the songs in it. Um, I thought just the voice acting was, was the voice cast they had was very strong, very good. Um, and I enjoyed it. So, you know, not, it's definitely not something worth like seeking out, but if you're bored and you like music like that, or if you have a family, definitely, I think you'd enjoy it. Um, another one I watched was, it's actually like, it's basically like a short documentary um it was on netflix a netflix original doc called long shot okay. from 2017 and this one was really cool so i think i've probably talked about this in the past but i have like just this uh fascination with um people who are either like wrongfully convicted or wrongfully accused for crimes and then you know trying to get them off basically um, which is probably one reason I really like the Flash character and why I want to see more about him is because his dad was convicted of the- killing his mother and it sounds like he didn't do it. And so like, I want to kind of see how that plays out in um, going back to Justice League. But uh, anyway, with long shots. So this guy is a huge uh, Dodgers fan. This takes place in LA and um, he goes to the Dodgers game one night um, everything's pretty normal. The game goes next inning, Dodge lose in the 10th, yada, yada, yada. Well, like three months later or two months later, he's being arrested for the murder of this girl. 
And apparently like he was connected to the girl because she was a witness in like his brother or his cousin's trial. I don't know. And it wasn't like he wished they got to put him away. But anyway, he's like not remembering where he was that night. Well, then eventually it turns out he remembers he was at this Dodgers game. So his lawyer is basically like searching through the footage, like all the security footage, all the cameras, because, you know, it's obviously it's a live baseball game and all this shit. Um, well, it turns out he remembered that there was an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm being recorded at the stadium that night. Okay. And so the lawyer is now going to try to track it down from there. Like, I feel like I, I like I, I want to spoil it, but like, I don't, it's like, it's true story. People, if you know it, you know it, yeah. but I, I won't spoil it. Um, definitely. If you like true crime, like it's short, it's like 40 minutes. Um, but it is, it is really good. Like I would have loved like a full length, you know, hour and a half, two hour movie on this just to kind of get more into the details. Um, but it's fantastic. And it just, man, the corruption of like <laughs> police, police units that the corruption that they can house is, is just mind blowing. Um, and when they get stuck on the fact that they think something, they're going to do whatever it is to make sure that that is how it turns out. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just more, it reminded me, you know, and this is like uh, something I was, I was watching previously. This lawyer was always saying, just always lawyer up. Like when you don't talk to police by them, by yourselves, like they are trained to get you to say what they want you to say, lawyer up. And so that's something I'll take with me. If I'm ever in a situation, no matter how innocent I am, I will definitely be asking for my lawyer just because, you know, they're trained to deal with the police officers who are trained to make you say what they want you to say. So I don't know. It fascinates me. That whole thing always just, I love that shit. Like I always said, um, if I could do it over again, I would probably study to become a lawyer so I could work for the Innocence Project. Like I just, I love that shit so much. And so long shot, I gave three and a half stars. Again, if you're interested in that, in that at all, it's on Netflix, Netflix original doc. It's 40 minutes. Well worth your time. It's basically the length of a TV episode. So hmm. check it out if that sounds interesting to you. Um, and video game side of things, uh, not too terribly much, but uh, I did end up beating Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare Remastered on Xbox One, which we talked about last yeah. week. So that ends up being my 10th game that I've beaten this year. Now, for some people, they might beat 10 games in a month, but for me, that's huge. Like, I rarely beat video games, let alone 10 in a year. So I am uh, patting myself on the back. Good for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really pleased with myself. Question? But, yeah. Um, <laughs> what play style would be best suited? Um, no. Um, <laughs> how intense was the competition uh, in this game? It was, it was pretty fierce competition. I'll tell yeah. you that. Yeah. yeah. For, uh, it was right on par where I needed it, you know? Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, it was, it was, it was perfect for me. Oh, okay. um, no, I can't, I can't be certain it's going to be great for you where I played, but gotcha. for me it was, Provided that, that perfect level of fun and challenge, and that's what I ask for. So ten four, I read between those lines, and I got my answer. Thank you. <laughs> um, so at COD four, it, it, that's just a fantastic game. Like something like the shock and awe sequence uh, is amazing, and then you have like the sequence in Chernobyl. Like it's just it's so fucking fun. It's so good. Definitely my favorite Call of Duty out of the bunch I've beaten and I've played and beaten so far. And okay. I would include like the more recent, like uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2. 
um, and uh, Call of Duty World War II. I still think Call of Duty Four is probably the best in the series. Like it's it's great. Um, and I will say, it doesn't the the remastering doesn't obviously look as good as Call of Duty World War Two, which is probably the best game I've ever seen graphically. Um, but this looks really really great for a remastering. Um, and so, if you're interested, definitely. You know, Call of Duty Infinite, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare Legacy Edition comes with Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare Remastered. So you know, okay. it's free basically if you get that. So definitely pick it up, and it is awesome. I highly recommend it. Um, even if you played it before, you can you know, I think you'll enjoy it enough to play it again. And you still have all the multiplayer maps if you're into multiplayer, which I'm not really, so I don't really play the multiplayer. But yeah. the story itself is it's just so much fun. Like I, it's it's a short one. It's really it's when they really started getting short um the campaigns but i don't i don't care like i watch a movie for 90 minutes and i'm pleased you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i don't fucking care a six hour video game is fine by me so <laughs> now that said on the opposite end of the spectrum um i also ended up playing a little more uh, fifa 16 again okay so this is just like the game that won't die for me um <laughs> so i have now logged 86 hours of playtime on FIFA 16. <laughs> That's ridiculous. How many people can say that they've put in 86 hours into a sports video game, especially a sports video game that comes out every single year? Like, that's embarrassing. It's fucking stupid. But it's it's a really good game. But anyway, at this point, like I'm I'm trying to find like a slider set because I want to find something that's challenging but still fun. So so for me right now, it's basically I'm either winning five to nothing or if I go up to the next difficulty level, it's like a zero, zero draw and it's just boring as fuck. Yeah. And so like, it, it's just neither is proving very fun anymore. And so I just want to take some time and see where I can find and like some of the old slider postings on operationsports.com and their forums. They always have like sliders for all the games and you just got to look back really far to find the old games. Um, but I just want to find something that, you know, I don't mind battling to a zero zero draw every once in a while, but like I've had multiple games where it's like zero zero or maybe one nothing in between, you know? Um, and that's just, that's not fun. Um, and so it's, it's soccer. It's not hockey. You know, it shouldn't be five, nothing all the time, six, nothing all the time. It should frankly never be that really, but um, you know, one, two to one, one to nothing, you know, one, one, like things like that is pretty realistic. Um, but even at the same time, like it's fucking, it doesn't have to be realistic as long as it's fun. Um, you know, I, and that's, that's my thing. Like, you know, you, people always say you're either a, a simulation sports gamer or an arcade. And I feel like I'm in between, like, I want something that resembles realism, but I also want it to have, I want also want it to be fun. And so if I'm sacrificing fun, then I'm just not going to play it. And so, yeah, but 86 hours, FIFA 16, it's ridiculous. I want to pick up FIFA 18, but only if I end up getting a switch. And I'm going to pick it up on there just because I think it'd be fun to play um, on the Switch. On a good team. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, otherwise I'm content. I have FIFA 17. I bought on the PS4 and it runs like horseshit. Really? And so I put in like an hour into it and maybe two. And I just said, fuck it. Like, it's terrible. I need to try it again because I think my PS4 is just acting up. And that's the thing. Like my PS4, I, I need a new PS4. Like I need to upgrade because mine is just slow as molasses. Like I hate using it. And when I try to hook it up with my projector in the basement where I moved it, yeah. like the sound bar and the PS4 never agree with each other. The picture like doesn't work with the projector. Like it's just, I, f- I fucking hate my PS4. And so I just, I need to, I need to upgrade to a PS4 pro. 
and just uh, cut my losses with the PS4 at this point. Well, yeah, now that you got that, that sweet 4K TV, you need to get yourself a, mm-hmm. a PS Pro just because. Exactly. So last thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have this problem with getting sucked into YouTube. Oh, YouTube. I watch... Mm-hmm. This year, I've watched so, like more YouTube than I have in my entire life combined. Like I've spent so much time on YouTube, and I discovered there is what they call BookTube, which is a book reading community that posts videos on YouTube. Okay. And so I f- like I found this one guy who was like really like quirky, uh, just funny, and so he was entertaining. And so I was watching him do some recommendations, and then I came like across some other people. Came across this one girl, Australian girl gorgeous and has an Australian accent. Uh So, you know, I was watching her videos and she's fucking hilarious on top of it too. So I really liked her. Um, and so like watching her videos, like, and I was like, man, so now I'm in like this book mood and I want to read some books. And so like they were talking about Harry Potter and I was like, you know, I've never read that. Like, I want to read this book. I've never read it before. And so I thought we had it. It's in my Goodreads list, but all my books are put away in my like attic space upstairs. And so I spent and a good two hours searching through every book bo- box of book I have, books I have, trying to find Harry Potter. I can't find it, but I did come across a bunch of other shit. One that I came across happened to be one because I, I randomly texted Chris. I was like, what's the scariest book you've ever read? Um, I can't remember what the first one was, but he said probably this or Heart-Shaped Box by Joe Hill. Okay. Now, Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. Yeah. Um, if you probably knew that, but some people might not. Um, yeah. So anyway, I happened to come across Art Shape Box and I was like, you know what? Let's try this out. So I started reading it like at like midnight one night. I didn't feel like falling asleep. I started reading it. And like, I, this is the, like, I don't read fast and it takes me forever to get through a book, which I almost never finish. I never finish books. And so I'm already over halfway through, according to Goodreads, I'm like 59% done. And I just started reading it like three days ago. So I'm hoping to finish that by the end of this week. I'm really liking it. Um, it is about, so it's about this guy named Jude. He's like a, basically like a retired uh, rock star. Um, he played in like a band like um, like uh, like uh, like Anthrax, Rancid, like a heavy metal, like Metallica, okay. like a heavy metal band. That was his thing. And um, he has this, his girlfriend with him, Georgia. She's from Georgia. Um, and he likes collecting like morbid things. Like he has like a snuff film that a cop gave him one time way back when he has like, just like random, like creepy shit that he likes keeping around his house. Well, his assistant was like, Hey, there's this listing on this like eBay knockoff auction site for a ghost. Like you purchase this suit and it's supposed to come with this ghost and it comes in this heart shaped box. Hence the title of the film. Well, he orders, he's like, okay, buy it. So he pays a thousand bucks for it. He gets it. Then he starts seeing this ghost and then like, I don't want to spoil anything because, you know, people might be interested in reading it, but basically like shit goes wrong. And so now he's trying to get rid of this ghost, him and his girlfriend and like people are dying around him. Things are going crazy. Um, he has these two German shepherd dogs that are an integral part of the story, like just all this crazy shit. Um, and it like eventually becomes like this road trip that they're trying to take to find, you know, something or someone. And uh, it's, it's really cool. Um, I was hooked basically after the first chapter, like after I read the first chapter, I had goosebumps and it talked about Georgia who just sounds smoking hot. So I'm just, I'm a sucker for a beautiful woman. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep reading this. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really liking it. I do think it, it slows down in some chapters. I feel like 
frankly, some of the chapters probably could have just been cut out and uh, cut down to maybe one chapter from all of that information because it kind of like it's a flashback chapter. Um, but even that, it's entertaining um, and it's just it's really good. And obviously, I'm enjoying myself because I'm reading it quickly. And like I said, I don't read. And so next year, spoiler alert for our 2018 media goals, definitely going to be book related. I hope to uh, make that a, an uh, integral part of my 2018 media goals. So cool. Yeah, that is what I've been doing um, this past these past couple of weeks. So very good. We've both kept very busy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, it's time to kick off our newest review arc. Yes. And that is our Wishmaster Christmas arc. And uh, <laughs> first up yeah, is 1997's Wishmaster. So as always, there will be spoilers for Wishmaster. So if you do not want the film spoiled for yourself, hit pause, go on, watch the film, come on back and hit play. And just as a note, All four of these films that we're doing for this arc are available via Blu-ray in one set, thanks to Vestron Video, which Mark mentioned earlier. Um, I believe it's somewhere around $25. I don't have it pulled up right now, but somewhere around there um, in the US. So definitely pick up the set if you haven't, and then come back and hit play so we can talk all together about Wishmaster from 1997. So Wishmaster saw an original US theatrical release date of September 19th, 1997. It was directed by Robert Kurtzman, written by Peter Atkins. It has an IMDb score of 5.8 out of the 16,520 votes on IMDb. It does not have a Metacritic score, but it does have a 21% tomato meter score and an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 38%. It currently has a 2.74 rating out of five stars on Letterboxd based on 1,911 ratings. It had a $5 million budget and a $15.71 million gross, and it clocks in at just about 90 minutes. So, Mark, what is your history with Wishmaster? I think I saw it for the first time on Cinemax around 99, and uh, I never owned any of the films in the series. Uh, for some reason, this movie made me feel uneasy. Um, I don't know if it's because of all the practical effects at the time or just some of the bug imagery that we saw. You know, at the end of the film, there's like a, this torso and there's like a, these these antennae coming out of the body and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, it just made me feel really uneasy and it's not a series I ever wanted to revisit at the time. So okay. I never really pursued the series after number two, which I saw on pay-per-view. Um, yeah, it, it, it really, it really felt me. I felt skeezy after watching it. And I, yeah, I think I only watched it once or twice. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. So like, this is the first time I'd ever seen this film. Um, and this is a weird one for me because, you know, I typically, at the point I found out about, about this, I thought I knew of, you know, all, not all of them, but the vast majority of all the bigger named horror franchises, you know? Yeah. But this one I actually came across when I was at, it's now a defunct video store by me. Um, and they were like selling really cheap movies. And I came across, you know, Wishmaster 1 and Wishmaster 2. It came in like a double set. And I was like, oh, what is this? And it was like, oh, wait, 
Robert England's in this? Like, what the hell is this? So I looked it up and I realized, oh, there's four movies. Like, that's weird. Like, I'd never heard of this. And so I ended up picking up one and two on DVD and they sat around forever and I never watched them. So mm-hmm. I think the only reason I purchased the Blu-ray set is because I think you were like, hey, Wishmaster's down to like 25 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever the hell it was. It's like, it was like 15 bucks cheaper than it normally was. And so you're like, you should pre-order it, which is what I did. I think it was you that mentioned it. Oh, um, possibly, and, yeah. Yeah. And so I ended up pre-ordering it and then I completely forgot about it and it came and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I ordered this. So yeah. Um, and that's that's really all I knew about it. It was that Robert Engel was in it. So it had my attention. Um, and, uh, that was it. So I really went into this blind other than that. So I was excited to, to see it. Well, I felt kind of blind as well because I couldn't, re- I couldn't recall how it ended. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I just, I, and I didn't remember all the gore scenes. Oh uh, yeah. But I just had a feel like, I just knew what the storyline was. I just didn't know how it would conclude. Gotcha. Couldn't yeah. remember. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna try to practice my Wishmaster voice. I was hoping to. well now we will begin our review of wishmaster uh i don't even know that's good or not that's perfect you you, you can keep this in i i I don't i don't care absolutely so sorry okay what do you wish for uh (laughs) i like that it ends in uh (laughs) that's the thing like by the end of the movie he talks like fucking triple h he does. Uh, oh, listen, uh, Stone Cold. Uh, like I'm like talking because Melissa watched the first uh, first uh, run through with me, and yeah. I'm like, he's talking like Triple H cribbed his speak pattern from Wishmaster. <laughs> oh man, it, it is. Awesome. Uh, you go back and you look at uh, J- Triple H promos, and mm-hmm. he. He talks uh, like this uh, because I am the game. Uh, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what uh, Andrew Divoff does. And That's funny. I totally didn't notice that at all. It made me laugh because then I'm picturing him with a handlebar mustache and, you know, the leather. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. times. Awesome. Yeah. So, like, right from the opening credits, I see Robert England's name. Mm-hmm. I see Kane Hodder's name. And I see Tony Todd's name. And I'm like, Yes let's do this like what a good set of characters they're gonna have here um and frankly the three of them didn't disappoint even though obviously two of them are, are in a very short amount of time I, I enjoyed the hell out of it so i was i was really liking the uh the cameos that they eventually have here well there's it's it's stock it's stockpiled full of cameos like this film yeah. is one big it, it, it's like you know, you know they keep saying every few years that they're gonna do a horror movie with all the horror greats Right, yeah, well, like this, Expendables of Horror. Yeah, this has a shit ton of horror grades in it. Hmm. Like you've got just the narrator. The narrator at the beginning is uh, Angus Grimm, who's a tall man from Phantasm. Oh, right, yeah. So you, you've got you've got Unglin, you've got Ken Harder, you've got Tony Todd. Then yeah. you've also got uh, uh, Reggie Bannister. <laughs> he's the he's the pharmacist from Phantasm. Oh yeah. Um, See, I've never seen Phantasm. That's why I oh, didn't get really? those. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So Reggie Bannister, he's in it, and he's also in the few things. Uh, like he's in Bubba Hotep as well. Um, okay. Just trying to look off the top of my head here. Um, but then you've also got Ted Raimi from you know Evil Dead Two and Dark Man. Yeah. He's the assistant to Robert Unglin. Um, right. You've also got fucking uh, oh, what's his name? The bum. Shit. Uh, oh yeah, he was so familiar, but I don't. I couldn't think of what his name was. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, 
Oh, oh Bu- it, George Flower. Buck Flower. Yeah, Buck Flower. Buck Flower's the bum, and he was in a lot of uh, Carpenter films. Yeah, they um, live. Drifter, yeah. Yeah, then you got oh, the okay. um, the guy who was – the dock worker who was uh, drunk when the yeah. statue broke. Well, that's Joe Pilato from Day of the Dead. Wait, wait, Captain wait. Rhodes. What? That's, that's Captain Rhodes. Oh. Yeah, oh my I God, know. I didn't even catch that. I just fucking watched that. Yeah. Oh my God, it is. It didn't look anything like him. I didn't even realize it. I, I know. It doesn't look he like him. He gained weight. I didn't realize that was him. Well, it's also 97, right? So yeah, he yeah, gained exactly. a bit of weight. But on top of all that, awesome. yeah. And then we've got, well, not that he's a big horror legend, but Vern Troyer, he's the small um, wishmaster when he gets released from the gym. Yes, love that. It was so fucking creepy. And the the black detective uh, that's in charge of the murders. That's a, I didn't know who that was. Rico Ross, and he's uh, a, a colonial marine from Aliens. Really? Yeah. Wow. And to add on top of that, I didn't catch that. Then you've got Chris Lemon, who is Jack Lemon's son. He's the uh, owner of the um, of the auction house. You know, the guy in the green uh, in the green sweater. Oh. God, I didn't like him. And, yeah. And he wasn't just before dawn. Okay. So there's a shit oh, man. ton of – and of course, well, it's Robert Kurtzman. He's part of K&B uh, Special Effects. So, right, you know, right. like one, that's why the special eff- the practical effects are so yeah. awesome and why he could right. get everybody to do a small piece in the film because like why not, you know? So, yeah, yeah tons okay. of luminaries uh, in this movie, which makes it fun to watch. Awesome. Yeah, very that's that's so cool. I didn't I did not catch all those obviously. Um but <laughs> yeah. that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I was giddy watching this. Right. <laughs> uh, so right from the get-go, like I had I, I didn't really know what the fuck was going on in that opening credits scene. Yeah. Uh, like the scene with the actual credits going through, but I was engaged and I think it was mostly because of that fucking score. <laughs> like the music was so intense for mm-hmm. an opening credit scene. I was like, holy shit, like this is vinyl worthy. Like this is awesome. Now, I can't say I noticed the music for the rest of the film, but right from the beginning in that opening sequence, I was like, holy shit, like they're going to town with this music. See, me, it's not so much the music that really caught me, but was the mm-hmm. actual uh, script on screen. It, it oh, felt okay. like a Beastmaster yeah. movie, like very swords and sandals, like uh like a uh, direct, uh, direct to V chess, uh, cheapy. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. It just, because like, I think the words were animated. Um, it, it just felt very eighties authentic to me, which I really dug. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I love that. It, I think it ends on fear the gin. How do you, you say that? Gin, right? The gin. Yeah. Gin. Yeah. Yes. Fear the gin. And then all of a sudden, boom, we're in fucking Persia. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Reminded me of like Prince of Persia. That's all I kept thinking of. Yeah. I was like, damn. But yeah, it was crazy. Um, so in that opening sequence, there's obviously just eight. They just fucking overload you on these practical effects. And there's so many good ones. But like the one that really stood out to me was the skeleton leaving the guy's skin. Oh, yeah. That was fucking amazing. Yeah. The, the special effects are brutal. Meaning that yeah. they're so they're very gory and they're very in your face and they're very sudden. Yep. Like as an audience member, you're not you're not expecting this level of gore so yeah. early in the film, especially so early. Yeah, it just hits you right away. And I think this is why I was so uneasy watching this the first mm-hmm. time I saw this because I wasn't. Yeah. First of all, I wasn't the horror hound I am now. Um, I was just mm-hmm. getting into the genre, really, you know, um, and. 
two is just it's it's so intense, so in your face, and it it really grossed me out. Like it really did. The first time I saw this, I was grossed out. Especially uh, you've got you've got the um, you know you've got the skeleton scene which you mentioned, which awesome transition, um, which then right. goes into like a Ray Bradbury tribute with the you know animated skeleton. Um, you've got mm-hmm. a guy that's got this brain damagey looking thing coming out of his chest that's biting on somebody's hand. Um, yeah. it, it's very. I found all these monsters and all this body horror, pardon me, body horror. It reminded me a lot of the thing, which I liked. Okay. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, all these like these right. jaws and these appendages and whatnot. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, I think anytime I see really good practical effects, yeah. it reminds me of the thing. Like, oh, for sure. That's just my, go-to for sure. Now. And this film is chock full of these and with some really badly dated CGI. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You know, if they, if, again, if they can give 25 mil to remove a man's mustache, mm-hmm. they can throw a few bones uh, towards Kurtzman here to touch up that CGI on this film. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if they would have been spending 25 million back in 97 to take off his mustache, but <laughs> probably <yeah>. not. <laughs> oh, I'll man. Just paint over yeah. So that was just a, right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. That was just a strange, like, chaotic opening scene and it ends with like the wizard sucking the gin into the ruby i was like oh okay that's well, with his mouth which was really really odd mm-hmm. how, how do you do that how do how you do that right. you know? only only uh, a sorcerer can yeah yeah um i uh so in the next scene obviously we get um the like the the doc scene and the fucking so he goes. I forget what he says, but he like calls the guy like an idiot or something. He makes fun of him, and then seconds later, the fucking box falls right on him. I was like, "Ooh, instant karma!" I love mm-hmm. that. That's what you get, Ted Ramey. Ted Ramey for being a genius. yeah karma. God damn. Yep. Um, and then we meet our uh, our main our main female lead here, Alex, and uh, her. I guess not romantic interest. I would say her friend who's a boy. Right. Yeah. yeah. The dude gets bo- the, the dude gets friend zoned right in the beginning there. So I was like, oh, oh and, and harshly too. Like, yeah. You, you, yeah. you don't really see, like, he's putting her in a really bad position, you know? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe 25 years ago it was a little different. I'm assuming it yeah, has to be, you know? Exactly. Um, but like in today's day, you wouldn't see that kind of, no, kind of uh, engagement, you know what I mean? Um, right, he's kind of right. giving her an ultimatum. Not an ultimatum, but he's like, I love you, but if you can't, then then our friendship's ruined because how do you get back to this? He really right, he's the one who screwed up because he's the one that's putting their friendship at jeopardy by proclaiming mm-hmm. his love to her, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah definitely. Yeah, it, it was it's very like awkward. awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Quite <laughs> awkward. And yeah. I don't know about you, but okay, so the actress, her name is Tammy Lauren. I was mm-hmm. convinced that she was maybe related to Jerry Ryan somehow. Uh, the girl plays uh, Seven of Nine on uh, Star Trek uh, Voyager, or was that Voyager? She plays the board. No, I, I thought they looked very similar, but uh, I couldn't find any relation whatsoever to them. Gotcha. For, for, I don't even know who you're talking about, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, okay. I've, well, maybe somebody will. Really watch that. Yeah. Um, so you talked about um, Chris Lemon, and I just, I hated him. I hated his character. You're supposed to. Um, the owner of the auction shop. Yeah. He- like. He was like over the top 
when the rest of the cast wasn't, and it just stood out in such a negative way, I thought. Well, he loves money, and uh, you can see that he does. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. everybody else is there for the art and for the, you know, for, uh, just just to, to be to an auctioneer, but he just loves money. Yeah. Which I think is hilarious than what happens later on in the film when he gets it. Uh, oh, like, it really, it's funny. Poor fucking mom. It's very funny. Oh, man. Um, so then I wrote, holy fuck, that thing is out of nightmares. Jesus, that's creepy as fuck. I love it. Oh, I had to be talking about um, uh, the, oh, God, you just said his name a minute ago. The, ah, the sidekick from Goldmember. Oh, Vern Troyer. Bert Troyer's character, yes. yes. When the djinn is uh, just like crawling. So he appears for the first time. He's tiny. Like, man, that was genuinely fucking creepy. Oh, sure. I thought, oh, it's the, God it's damn. the eyes as well. Because they're like real yes. eyes, you know? Uh, yeah. Creepy. So, so, yeah. So what happened is that um, when the assistant gets killed, the statue breaks open. There's a jewel. Jewel goes to the auction house. Auction house takes a jewel to this gemologist, who's the friend that uh, that Alexandra Alexandra is uh, friends with, and uh, right. he zaps the uh, the the gem with a laser. It breaks open. Out comes the gin, Fern Troyer, and proceeds to kill him. Yeah, in a man that was fucked. But up. again, in a very creepy way as well, because the guy is incapacitated mm-hmm. and he's just slowly crawling towards him and is unable to do right. anything to stop. Yeah, it's so well done. I love that. Now, I found that the uh, the gin looked a lot like the, you know, that big blue uh, uh, that blue brained Martian in a lot of like nineteen fifties. Sci-fi films yeah. like of the Atomic Age, you know, yeah. with the pinchers and the it just mm-hmm. kind of his look kind of reminded me of that, you know, all brainy and sinewy, and like you can see his brain from the mm-hmm. outside, and you know, you see his spine right. and everything. It just it reminded me of like a 1950s post-atomic, you know, mutant that would show up in these uh, black and white films. Yeah, and you say that i'm not sure if that if that's a positive or a negative for you but i actually i liked that like i liked how the gin looked oh, in his oh, totally state no I, yeah, it's a totally okay. it's totally a compliment yeah 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 no definitely I, I thought it was just cool looking again i don't think there's any um prosthetic or any uh mm-hmm. live uh special effect that did not not look good like everything right. looked decent yeah and i thought it was interesting that so this is like um, what's his name? Josh. He's he's dead. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Like I feel like a lot of movies would have introduced like a throwaway character for that and then kill them off and had the you know the kind of romantic interest stick stick around for dramatic effect. But no, motherfucker's gone. Yeah. And it's like oh shit. Okay, that's interesting. I like that. Um, and I, I like that because it doesn't it doesn't um, shoehorn in a love story, which I fucking hate when they do that for no reason. And this didn't need it at all. And so I'm glad they didn't like, it didn't, it felt, it felt like the studio stayed out of it. You know what I mean? Uh, They let them do what they need to. That said though, Alexandra could have used a boyfriend in this movie because she's a fucking mess. (laughs) Right. 
Oh, she needed help. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not saying that she needed help. a love scene in this movie, no. but she could have used no, a no. a co-pilot in her journey, right? In Wishmaster, absolutely. Um, because you know, if her fucking sister wasn't helping, well, her sister doesn't know, you know. Uh, right. But like, you know, right. she she's she blames herself for the death of her parents because the house set on fire. Um, yeah, that that like came had she thought the way they shoehorned that in was like oh that's clearly gonna have a meaning later like yeah it was like this random conversation between sister and sisters and then all of a sudden oh i you know it ends up in that conversation it was just like wow that's a jump from where we just were a second exactly ago. right and that's why she's a workaholic and she's never home and has very little social life and probably only has right. that guy as her friend you know mm-hmm. um yeah so which is a coworker, yeah. Also, technically, so. and and, and I'm again. Um, we should maybe talk about this now, and they've talked mm-hmm. about it in the commentary that I listened to. Okay, all the fucking smoking in this movie. Oh yeah. Oh my god! Like and it stands it, out because we don't see that ever anymore, and so it stands well, out. I think I mentioned this three with the Resident Evil movies. I was yeah commenting and smoking, but yeah. But, like it, it happens in film, but not mm-hmm. to this extent. Like right. everybody's smoking, mm-hmm. and it made me laugh when the Wishmaster started smoking. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was pretty funny, you know. But yeah. like everybody's butting butts in this film, and it's pretty gross. <laughs> it's just so like it's jarring because if you do see it anymore, it's it's very rare. And you see it maybe in one scene, if that, you know, it just doesn't yeah, happen. Exactly. Exactly. So it's jarring anymore. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it was very, it was very uh, apparent that we're in right. a different uh, timeline now. Yeah, exactly. Um, we already mentioned it, but I'll mention him again. Just, I think he was fantastic. Uh, Buck Flower as the homeless yes. man. He just has some great fucking lines. I couldn't write it down. He said, he, there was one he said right before he started walking away. That was just like ridiculous long and just hilarious i was like what the fuck was that um but it was so funny like i i really liked his his small character yeah no he's hilarious and just the fact that he wished cancer upon the Mm. pharmacist who Mm -hmm. didn't want to have him around his shop right which again that's and again another reason why i found the film so uneasy um is like the way the guy withers and just postules up at the yeah. end, you know, like he just dies of cancer within like 30 seconds. Yeah. It's, so um, it's just crazy. to me, again, watching it this at a young, a younger age, it just, I was very nauseated by it because mm-hmm. it's, it was, it's gross, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which now I fucking totally respect. Uh, I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. But back then I'm like, ah, this is fucking, this is a gross movie. Yeah. Right. What I, I know you were practicing it earlier, but um, <laughs> did you like did you like the Jin's voice? Oh, loved it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Me too. I thought it was just it was that the creep again creepy, and I I thought it worked really well. Yes, it showed some gravitas. Um, yeah. It, like it, it just like this guy isn't just a pushover monster, you know. Right. Um, it just like he's regal in a way because he's always been hanging out with like you know uh, with uh, sultans and whatnot. So he's got he's a little decadent, you know. And just yeah. the way he speaks, I think he likes to hear himself talk sometimes. <laughs> right. You know? Uh, yeah. I, I think it, it suited the uh, the role perfectly. Definitely agree. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, So it took me a while. I finally did. But I wish it would have been kind of uh, played out better, shown better. 
like I wasn't understanding why Alex was feeling like the pain from the Jin's victims because to me she wasn't the one that set it free. It was uh, Josh in my eyes. But she's the one who rubbed it and kind of woke say, him up. Yeah, yeah, like that small thing. Like I, w- I don't know. I wish they would have done something different to show that in fact she was the one that let him out because until that later in the film i was just like i just i don't i guess like i understood what they were getting at but it's like man like i wish that was clearer i guess well it, it in a way uh, if, you, if you look you know when you're gonna you know like aladdin right you rub the the yeah. lamp and then the genie yeah. comes out in a way mm-hmm. she rubbed the the stone and by her actions you know had the stone cracked open you know because it wasn't for her then boyfriend to be wouldn't have uh Cracked it open. I, so, yeah, I, I, I made the link. Now, why is it mm-hmm. psychic? That I don't know. You know, yeah, I could see right. you know, the Jin being infatuated by her because mm-hmm. he's the one who woke her, or she's the one who woke him up from her from his slumber. But right. uh, the psychic link where she could see all the shit mm-hmm. that that's a bit of a leap. Yeah, like, and she like, was never imbued with anything. She was never like right. it's not like she touched the stone; it was hot, and then she was imprinted. Like there was none of that. Yeah, you know? and like, why would she be feeling the victim versus the gin? You know, I I felt like I would be able to link her and the gin together more easily than her and the victims. Well, I, it was just I, I weird. Think, to me. I think she saw what the gin saw and could feel what the gin was doing. I don't think she felt the the. Oh, I, I think she was screaming out because she's like, "What the fuck's happening to me? And why am I seeing all these horrific images?" That's how okay, I took so it. So I got her I, I was taking it as like her um like screaming out in pain from some of the shit that was happening to these people. But you're probably right. I don't know. That's just I don't know. Well it's possible. It wasn't, it wasn't working. That's just how I took it, that's all. Yeah, yeah. Um so there is like what is so fucking random about this movie is like the jump scares. Like they come out of literally nowhere. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, they're going to work because they're coming out of fucking, like, the stupid-ass jar with the eyeballs. Like, <laughs> yeah, literally nothing is, like, it's not, like, leading to anything that looks like it's going to be scary. And all of a sudden, boom. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, didn't expect that. And it did it again later on. Just, like, <laughs> I guess that's how you do a jump scare if you're trying to scare somebody. Like, just completely out of nowhere. And it's like, oh, okay. That's different. Um, but it worked. But I was like, damn, that's so random as fuck. Mm-hmm. No, but, I, t- I totally agree. Um, what did you think of Robert England? He was Robert England. Um, mm-hmm. I find anytime you see him outside of the Freddy makeup, he kind of just acts himself. <laughs> you know, um, of course, I haven't right. seen like the remake of Ten Thousand Maniacs and stuff like that. But uh, no. I, I don't know. To, to me, I think it was fine. I like seeing him that when he's not Freddy, because who wants to work on all that makeup all the time? Um, and, right. and I've always liked yeah. him. Um, mm-hmm. He just gets pigeonholed with these same type of roles though you know um at least the ones i've seen but uh, i had no problems with him whatsoever no i didn't either i thought he was just like a a slimy creep which is exactly what he needed to be and i thought he did that well Well, i liked him i don't know if it was a slimy creep as much as just uh a man with a lot of money and because you have Mm -hmm. a lot of money then you're able to afford all these weird hobbies of collecting you know yeah um he also felt maybe slightly effeminate but not oh, okay. But yeah. uh, but I don't think he was gay because I think that he was hitting on Alexandra's sister at one point at the party. So yeah, and that's I, that's where I got kind of got me. Even when um, Alex was talking with him, I that's where I got like that slimy vibe. Okay, 
when he was like inviting her to the party. Um, but you're probably right. It's probably, uh, I'm probably being unfair to him, well, frankly. Look, look at the way he treated his previous, um, you know, his previous yeah, assistant. I think he's a yeah, I didn't a give a shit. And he's only yeah. happy when he gets his way. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so I instantly loved the, like the, the woman, the, uh, folklore professor. Oh, yeah, she's great. Um, she's act- acting as the director. Like, Oh, I just like, I thought she was awesome. Um, and that whole thing, I was so jealous when they first meet her. Cause they're, you know, putting on the play in this outdoor arena setting. In like amphitheater. I've done, yeah. Yeah, this amphitheater. Like I've done a lot of shows and a lot of different things, but man, I would never have done. And I've done outdoor theater too, but nothing in like that setting, like that traditional Greek Roman Shakespearean setting. Like, man, that's fucking awesome. Like, I just love that scene so much. I was like, man, that'd be so cool. Yeah, that's such a cool scene. The actress is a Jenny O'Hara, and she's been in a whole bunch of yeah. films, and uh, she's delightful because she would be. She let's say that this was a male lead in this movie. She'd be mm-hmm. the boozy best friend uh, of the dude where they go to a bar right. and shoot the shit, you know? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. but just in this case here, she's a university professor and she likes to hit the hooch as well. So right. I, I thought she was fantastic. Um, I, I thought was, she was funny. I um, was trying to place her the entire time because I knew I recognized her and I couldn't fucking figure it out. What I know her from, at least most, is uh devil have you seen yeah. that the, uh, the movie where they're stuck in the elevator yeah yeah the m night Shyamalan that's film from. it's the m night Shyamalan produced film but oh yeah, i thought he directed that no he didn't direct that one ah okay but yeah um, i'm looking at imdb right now and yeah nothing really screams it. she's got that face where like i've seen her before i know she's exactly got a lot of television uh prior to wishmaster i see nothing nothing of like she did a lot of roles on little tv shows yeah but nothing that lasted that long and i'm I'm in early 80s now you weren't even born yet um yeah (laughs) well she was in ships over two episodes yeah um like you know i've seen mystic river but like i don't recognize her from that at all like just like random stuff you've seen her probably on the television yeah yeah but yeah, but she's but she's fantastic. Like she's just a great actress. I love her, and she, I think she's just perfect in this role. Oh yeah, she was delightful. Yeah, um, I love the scene where. Um, so this is like right after um, the Jin turns into like Nathaniel Demarest or whatever, okay. um, and he is like basically hitting on the um, the, the girl clerk. who's getting in the clothes. Yeah, the clerk. Yeah, and then he turns into a fucking mannequin. I was like, oh damn, that that's, creeps that's me cool. out too. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't that scene, but it's mm-hmm. the scene where he's taking all the wishes back because they owe him now, and the eyes turn inside the skull of the mannequin. Oh yeah, yeah. See, that to me is fucking creepy. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, like they roll up and you see the white of the eye. Yeah, I know yeah. What you're talking about. And what like I so I listened to the commentary with uh, Kurtzman and it was with uh, Davidoff or Divoff, pardon okay. me, and Lauren. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was saying, because, you know, he's got some acne scarring on his face, that mm. that scene with um, Anastasia, is it Anastasia? Ariella. Ariella. Ah, um, oh, yes, Ariella. It's, uh, that scene caused him the most, uh, he was the most nervous for, because he's never seen himself as this debonair, suave, good-looking guy. 
And really, this is just him in the suit. So he thought that scene was the most challenging in the whole film. That's interesting. Yeah. Man, that's really interesting. And not he's not a bad-looking guy, but everybody's got self-esteem no. and there's self-conscious issues, right? So Yeah. That was exactly. his. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. No, that's that's very cool to find out. Because you know what? As much as I like the Wishmaster, I did mm-hmm. like his scenes as him in the suit. Like yeah. they were fun. No, I did. Yeah. And well, he's yeah, he was he's excellent in this. I still think the best one is with King Hodder, which we'll get to. But uh Yes. Love that. Yeah. Okay, well, you want to talk about it now? Oh no, we'll we'll, sure. we'll, we'll chronologically, we'll chronologically. Yeah, we're getting we're getting pretty fucking close to it anyway. Okay. So, okay. um, oh, so he go then he goes to the police station. Yeah, and like what? So the, the he's like, you know, what do you want or whatever? And the cops like, I just wish I could get him murder one red handed. Blah blah blah. Open a shut case, and it, what an obvious solution for the for the gin to come up with to have him fucking pick up the gun and go ape shit. But man. That was pretty like fucked up, especially in 2017 yes. when shit like that, not exactly that, but shit like that fucking happens on the reg. Like, sure. man, what a what a jacked up fucking scene that was. That got me. And again, seeing this 20 years ago freaked me out mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they use squibs and they didn't use CGI for the blood. Yeah. It makes everything look so much better. Right? And that guy was legit creepy looking too. Uh, oh yeah but having the cops unload all those bullets on him uh, God, i know it's and don't forget and like, before he gets loaded full of bullets he actually yes. grabs a cop's jaw and rips the lower jaw off his face yeah just gonna say oh. that i know it's so cool i get oh man it was yeah awesome just awesome man oh man so next thing i have written down is talking about kane hotter um okay like i just for like Kane Hodder, man, in the nineties is just so nineties. Like he's got his fucking like mullet thing going and on. What kind of like, weird is that? Uh, he, yeah. he looked weird to me. Oh yeah, I felt like to me. I felt like he's looked weird in the last like two or three movies that I've seen him in because they've all been around this time. Okay. Um, and it's just the way it is. But I don't know. I just I just love him in these. Um, I, I so I think my favorite shot. Okay, no, go ahead. I'll let you. I'll let you finish your your thoughts. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Okay. My favorite thought, or a shot, I should say, yeah. in this film is when Kane Hodder tells him, you know, I want you to, I want you to leave or whatever it is. I want you to fuck off, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then he mentions something about, you know, you have to go through me. Right. So as, uh, as the Wishmaster dressed up in his suit, he's, unf- it's the first time you see him like, kind of pouting in a way because he's yeah. forced to follow the wish saying I have to leave you know get off the property and then Hodder says you know, you'll have to go through me and then he pivot or then he he looks right at the camera mm. smiles then pivots and then turns Hodder to into a pane of glass and it goes yeah. through the pane of glass some horrible CGI but <laughs> it's just the, right. the, the, the way that Kurtzman shot this where He's walking away pouting. Here's what you want to hear. Looks at the camera, devilish grin, and then turns around and walks through him. I yeah. just love that scene. No, you're absolutely spot on. That fucking smirk in the camera is wonderful. Yeah, because you're right. Like it's the and frankly, the only time where he's like, shit, like I'm not getting what I want because he's not, I think it's like Hodder's not giving him anything. Like he's not giving him a wish. Yeah. And so he's not getting what he wants. And then. Or he, or Hodder's being smart with his wish saying, leave. So now I'm not sure later on if 
he wouldn't have said anything more if he would still have lost his soul because he got the gin to leave or not. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I think no matter what, Hodder was eventually going to get fucked. It just got <laughs> fucked sooner because he added his little two cents at the end. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's such a, such a cool scene. Oh yeah. Um, and I like, he says second, couple seconds later, he's like, how'd you get in here? And he's like, Oh, the security guard let me in or something like that. Let me pass. Whatever the hell it was. It was, it was- but the only shitty thing about that scene is the God awful CGI though. Oh God damn. Is that horrible? Mm-hmm. It's like what? Four, uh, four or five triangles. <laughs> the glass right. does not shatter that way. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I was just, it's such a cool scene and it's capped off with some shit. Pentium one CGI computer stuff. Right. Yeah. God bless 1997. Word. But Yeah. I feel like that'd be incredibly difficult to do practical, so I, I can give him a pass. Oh, but. sure. I, I don't know how they would be able to do that. But I'm <laughs> right. just saying, it, it didn't look yeah. good. But it must it might have looked good for back in the day, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when when did they stop selling airline insurance like this? <laughs> I've seen this in another movie before, too, and it was like a much earlier movie. And I've seen it here. And like I don't remember my parents or me – ever purchasing like insurance for if the plane fucking crashes like that's just so morbid to me it's such a weird thing i can't recall the last time i bought a ticket at the airport everything's on online now right that's true yeah because like when you're buying through expedia they're offering insurance um for your flight in case you miss your flight not right before you fly yeah right Uh, not in case your fucking pilot crashes your plane or something but yeah I couldn't tell so you. I, I'm sure they still offer that insurance. It's just probably named something else now. You know, yeah, yeah. It's presented differently, <laughs> right? But yeah, that's it was that just cracks me up. And whenever I see that, because like I said, that's like the second or third time I've seen it. And it's always been in, it's been in older movies up until this point. Um, but this is actually one of the newer films I've seen it in. Yeah, but man, what a what a fucking what a shitty way to get your million dollars. Poor oh, mama. Fucking like, hilarious. Like oh, this, this is it though. Like the movie, in a way, is also a comedy because mm-hmm. it, it's it's like it's a funny slasher, just the way that he interprets the the wishes to his right. own design, and like yeah. you kind of look forward to the to the demises that occur, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so like <laughs> with his mom dying in a in a plane crash because he got he wanted a million dollars and the apostles right. for a million dollars. I think that yeah. is genius. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, and then like the next thing we get, Wendy, uh, the folklore professor, like it was obvious that she had been taken over by the gin. Oh yeah. Um, but it was still disappointing when we actually see her dead. I was like, Oh, there goes Wendy. I liked her. But she had a really but, good scene before she yeah, did. We she, saw the end of her. So yeah, she did. Absolutely. Right. Um, so then he finally gets Alex to Alex and you know, they're doing the wishes or whatever. Yep. And, um, one of her wishes is like, I want you dead or something. And he like, I want you to blow your brains out. Whatever the fuck the wish is. And he proceeds to blow his brains out with the gun. Yeah. And uh, then it like heals itself automatically. And uh, at the end of it, he goes, but if it's any consolation, sweet Alex, that hurt like hell. And I was like, oh, I love that line. It was so perfect. That hurt like hell. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Again, bad guy, but very, very funny. Right. Yeah, it was very good. Um, and then... They're in the ruby because she's like, I want to know who you are, or whatever the. Or I want to know more about you. More, yeah, yeah. 
And like, I just like, he says, I am despair. And I'm like, I am despair. Exactly. I was like, God damn, this is just so grim. But I love that about it. Oh, it, yeah, it, it does look like the earth is doomed to his reign. Like, how right. how is she going to beat, you know, a, uh, a being that's older than time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert, she does. Uh, right. But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah th- that's, a, th- that's a thing. Like, this movie keeps hammering how bad this guy is. And yeah. there's really no way. Like, I know I wouldn't have been able to, to beat him. I don't think I would have. Right. Yeah. But, uh, and what's interesting. So like, obviously, you know, people always complain that, um, uh, Freddy Krueger is just, he basically devolves into this one liner jokester, you know, as the series progresses. Yeah. And it's interesting because the gin has one liners, but like for me, they weren't laugh out loud, funny one liners. Like they were one liners and they were funny, but like he still manages to maintain his creepiness throughout the whole thing. Oh, and I sure. thought that was pretty impressive. Well, I think when you've got two like serpent appendages uh, on both sides <laughs> of the neck, that helps with right. the uneasiness because yeah, that was exactly. creepy as fuck. I did not right. like those whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But I have a thing yeah. for tentacles. Like that's why I've only seen <laughs> a tentacle ch- porn fan. No, 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 no. But like children, the corn are going to harvest, you know, the, the, I remember the end part because that thing was throwing its like tentacles into people's right. mouths to impregnate them or whatever it was. That's right. Yeah. Oh new- my God. They just announced a new urban, uh, new children of the corn and I could not be more excited. You're kidding. Sorry, go on a tangent. Who did, yes, they did. did. You wish for. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh. So me, it's just having like tentacles in the mouth. Uh, it's mm-hmm. because I have a really bad gag reflex. I just think I'm going to choke on my own vomit. Uh, right. That's why I don't like it. Uh, it's just, that, that just freaks me out. That's just one of the things that just gives me, you know? So even later on when in the party scene, when um, uh, England's, uh, uh, England's uh, character vomits this like s- this meat, purse meets sack yeah and then the yes. book comes out and then he's still oh my attached God. to it like that just that makes me so uneasy it just grosses me out yeah yes. that was so gross oh, man it is wow. it really is uh and i mean it's just such a testament to how fucking good the special the practical effects are in this yeah yeah because yeah. even though they're discolored and, and almost cartoony um it still looked mm-hmm. real yeah absolutely um, so like you said, you know, tentacles kind of like, you know, in your mouth or whatever, that's what gets you yeah. for me. It's like shit, like growing out of the people's skin or something. And like, okay. Peeling it off. Like I'll never forget. I saw this video of like these turtles or something and like it had its babies like on its back or something or like growing, it was a frog. I don't know what the fuck it was, okay. but it was like gr- babies growing out of its back. And that was like the most nauseating thing. It like haunts my nightmare. So I saw that when I was in like 10th grade and in like a biology class and it still haunts me to this day. Like shit like that just grosses me the fuck out. Like I hate that shit. So yeah, there's always something for everybody. Totally. Everybody's got to switch. (laughs) Exactly. Gross. Anyway. um, So probably my favorite kind of like, or 
the uh, the one that like creeped me out the most, like effect here, especially toward the end, was the one you were talking about earlier with like the dude hanging upside down and what looks like this like bug creature like wiggling its legs trying to get inside of it or trying to climb out of it. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it just makes wow. me uneasy. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, but in a good way, though, because you know, yeah. sometimes you don't want to feel safe watching a horror movie. And right. I know the first time I watched this film, uh, I was like under a blanket, a blanket, a blanket, um, in mm-hmm. almost fetal position, um, just <laughs> wishing the runtime would end because right, it just because I was so skeeved. So this movie yeah. does that in spades here, and that's a good thing. It really is. In the long run, it's a good yeah. thing. Absolutely. Um, I, I jumped over the Tony Todd scene. Oh shit. Yeah. But you know, he's trying to not let the, um, Nathaniel in. And that one was a weird one to me. Cause he's like, it was a bit weak. Yeah. Do you want to escape? And he says, yes. And so then all of a sudden he's like in this Houdini trap underwater. I was like, what, how did you, how did, what? <laughs> and that's the thing. And how does the gin know Houdini? Because he's been in the rock. That was in a statue for the last. That, you know, that's true. I didn't years. even think about that, but yeah. Yeah. Very so true. That, that, that was. That, I thought that was a little weak sauce. Yeah, it's like, how does he get? Does he get the newspaper in that little ruby? Like, how does that work? But, yeah, you know. I don't think there's Wi-Fi that ruby. I, I don't imagine, and if it is, it's yeah. probably really slow. So it's like, what's the point? But uh, it's funny. He's um, got. Uh, he's got AOL. <laughs> it's like weird. <laughs> oh man, ninety-seven. That's exactly what he'd have. <laughs> uh oh. I really liked, I thought it was such a fantastic touch with those statues coming to life at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them just looked really, like, I think the one that creeped me out the most was the, um, like the, the samurai yep. had like half of his face, I'm covering my mouth with my hands. So I probably shouldn't do that, but like had half his mouth covered or half his face covered with the mask. Like that one was the creepiest one to me. I was like, Oh, I hope that one doesn't come alive. And then it did. And I was like, Ooh, that's, that's getting me. I don't like that. And the fact that the way that they're just dispatching of all the bodyguards, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah. Just pushing their swords right through yeah, them with no crazy, right? no regard. Just exactly, it's brutal. It's 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 brutal. Yeah, the fucking security guards are kind of laughable though, because all of a sudden, oh, sure, like four like weak looking dudes just show up, and it's like, where, where were they? First off, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and they just get dispatched so easily. It was just kind of funny, but yeah, and the fact that they're shooting all their clips at these stone statues, I'm like, dude, that's not gonna right, do anything. Like, what the fuck doing you, you need some yeah. dynamite right so so you you know you you mentioned you know basically the gin has been built up and built up it's like how in the hell are you going to win one over on him you know how are you going to win how is she going to figure it out so that she beats it yeah and i think that really is like the major problem with this film for me and it kind of hurts it a lot it's that of all the shit the djinn is able to manipulate, he can't think of any way to make the simple wish she has not work the way she wants it. Like, what, what was the wish? I can't even remember now, but she's like... Uh, she wished that the guy, Joe Pilato, was not drunk the day oh, that the statue uh, got delivered. Yeah. yeah. Like, really? I, I, Nothing comes to mind. You couldn't think of any way to bypass that to make it still work for yourself, Jin. Like I thought it was really was, genius, though. Oh God, I was so disappointed. It, really, it basically, like it almost ruined the movie for me. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. No shit. Like it makes the whole movie a dream. 
uh, a delusion. Like the whole thing didn't happen. We we basically wake up at the end and say, "Oh, just kidding." Like ah, it's just yeah. But it's it's not as bad as Nightmare City, you know. In Nightmare City, the guy wakes up like, "Oh, it's just a dream." Then the zombies come. Um, here, I've seen that one. Oh, uh, you don't want to watch this fucking garbage. Um, <laughs> but uh, but here is like she manipulated him, played his game. And made it so that he cannot fuck her over. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was because I'm thinking, is she going to, I couldn't remember. Is she going to wish him back in his gem or some bullshit? And I thought it was kind of smart. Yeah, I wish the guy from two days ago who caused the accident wasn't drunk and did not cause the accident. Okay, so Jin, uh, make him high. Make him anything else <laughs> that he would still commit this easy accident. Like the, And the fact that he was drunk I thought was stupid too because – I thought what really fucked it up was the fact that he knocked his coffee over. And so like, I don't, it's just literally anything that's like, you could, you've come up with putting a man who says, I want to escape into a fucking magician's trap like that. And you couldn't come up with something here. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I I could see your point as well. I, I, you know, I think for me, I was at the end of my journey with this film and mm-hmm. I couldn't take it anymore. And yeah, I, I was okay with the out. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely glad that you were able to appreciate it more than, than I was, yeah. but yeah. Well, it's so crisp. any, any other, uh, <laughs> you're right. Um, any other cool facts that you want to talk about that you learned? Um, well, apparently, um, uh, Andrew Divoff he drank a lot of milkshakes because apparently the whey in the in the milkshakes covered his throat and phlegm, which gave him oh. a proper voice. Uh, so he did that. And he also apparently chomped That's on awesome. a lot of uh, jelly beans for the same effect. Um, oh, very interesting. Yeah. Um, da, da, da. I think that's all I wrote. I thought the – see, this film had three commentary tracks. So I decided to go with yeah. the actors and the director, and it was slightly boring just because it was like, oh, I remember this scene, and oh, my God, I can't believe you made me look like that in the shot, and why couldn't you edit it this way? <laughs> so right. So when it came to like pure information for a podcast, it doesn't really relate properly. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we met... See, that's like... I wish we had, I, you know, I wish we were, this was our job. I wish we did this eight hours a day because then we'd be able to watch all these commentaries, have all this information. Like, man, our lives would be awesome. Yeah. But because we can't, yeah, you got to pick and choose and you never know which one's going to be the best. Like, you don't, you don't often find a lot of reviews on commentary tracks. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, and honestly, it's basically just a crapshoot. If I had time, I would watch this film three or four times, but I don't. I watch it only mm-hmm. twice. Right. You know? Uh, yeah. But I'm looking at the IMDb trivia, and uh, one of the statues in uh, Raymond Beaumont's room, uh, that's Robert Unglin's character, um, it's the statue of Pazuzu from The Exorcist, which I thought that was really cool. No shit. Uh, I totally recognized one of the statues, and I was I, – that's what it is. Now that you met – yes, duh. Yeah. I totally yeah. picture – he has like – I think it has like wings on it maybe also. Like, I, completely the one I'm thinking of. I completely missed it. I completely missed it. Did but not do sense. the connection, but I was like, I recognize that statue, um, but I couldn't figure out why. I thought I made you just recognize it from a painting or something. Yeah, but it's it's from The Exorcist. Interesting. Um, Very cool. And it totally is because I can picture it in The Exorcist now too. Huh. And apparently to get him in costume, it took about three and a half hours to put on and about an hour and a half to put off, Gosh. which I can see how. 
Um, and I guess Kurtzman uh, paid homage to the uh, Twilight Zone a few times with some of the uh, names used uh, by characters. And I guess some one-liners used uh, during the film here. I'm not going to read okay. them all, but uh, yeah, so that's interesting. But uh, yeah, apart from that, that's pretty much it really for me uh, cool. when it comes to extra uh, tidbits and whatnot. Excellent. So uh, what is your final thoughts and your star rating for Wishmaster? Uh, well, Wishmaster, uh, again, I only have this in my se- in my uh, collection because of Vestron Video, because I'm collecting all their titles. Why? I don't know. Um, but I am. Yeah. Uh, all their overpriced titles, but whatever. I know, um, exactly. That's why I stopped. I just couldn't afford it. Yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the flow. I don't know how long they're going to last. But uh, mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed rewatching this. Um, I think we're seeing the best of the series right now. And by Christmas time, you might not like me anymore for selecting this for Christmas. <laughs> um, but as for a first film in a series of a hopefully a film franchise, I thought it was really, really good. Uh, a lot better than I remember it being. Um, I think the again, I keep harping on the uh, on the effects. I thought the practical effects held up immensely, which brought, brings me joy. Um, squibs. Exploding brings me joy. Uh, CGI, mm-hmm. not so much. Um, Anyone who's listened to the podcast for any length of time should know your love for squibs. Oh, I love some squibs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was fun, you know, and they're casting uh, horror legends and people that you don't really know. Like the um, the, lead, uh, the lead singer, fuck, the lead actress, Alexandra. I think this is her only uh, horror film that I'm familiar with. If anything else, she stopped acting back in uh, 2014 and did just some TV and a few movies here and there. But um, yeah. yeah, like, you know, I don't know. I just, it's, it's a, it's a product of its time, um, but I think it's a fun project and uh, I totally recommend it. I, I will give this a strong three out of four. It's got everything a horror fan would want. Excellent. So three out of four from Mark. Yes. Yeah. So Wishmaster has this really cool, creepy premise in tons of awesome special effects to go along with it. The problem is that it backs itself into a corner, and the only way out is to basically say that everything you just saw didn't really happen. And that's the biggest cop-out I can imagine, and it really hurts what's otherwise a really fun, solid horror film. Now, that said, the ending doesn't ruin the rest of the film, but... When looking at it as a whole, it's definitely a lesser movie because of it. Um, I love the cameos by Kane Hodder, Tony Todd, and then all the other ones I didn't catch. That's awesome. Um, and I really love the gin. Um, Andrew Divoff has a fantastic look that is just needed to pull off the role, and he really nails it in both forms of the character. Tammy Lauren as Alex I thought was fine, um, but she just she comes off as generic, which is not her fault, really. It's definitely the fault of the writer more than the actress, but... Um, you know, I liked Robert England here as well, but again, he, he also is pretty one note the entire film. So, you know, I don't know, Wishmaster, it has a ton of potential to be this badass, remarkable horror film with a genuinely creepy bad guy, but it ends up shooting itself in the foot by not knowing how to end itself in a sensible way. And that just really hurt it for me overall. So I'm giving Wishmaster two and a half out of four stars. Nice. I still liked it. You know, still liked it. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, yes, yeah, so you're unfortunately you're probably right. This is probably as good as the series is going to get. But man, I hope we're wrong. I really hope we're wrong. Oh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see you this month. Absolutely. Excellent. So let's move over to round 43 of the Besting the Backlog Challenge. So this, of course, where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. And as a reminder for this feature, each of us takes a look at the other's unwatched pile, be it their home video collections or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu, and picks one film the other hasn't seen yet and challenges them to watch that film before the next podcast where they then give a quick review of that film. So just as a reminder, I uh, picked Deathline from 1972 for you, Mark, a.k.a. Raw Meat. Mm-hmm. And you picked 2013's Cheap Thrills for me. I did. So go ahead and talk about Deathline. Deathline, a.k.a. Raw Meat. Um, so I bought this at uh, Cinema Wasteland this past uh, October. Um at the DVD Diabolique table, uh, mostly for the fact that one, it was really cheap, and two, it starred Donald Pleasance. So, um, it's from 1972. Uh, there's people going missing after they take the uh, subway or the tube in London, and uh, after a more dignified member of uh, the government slash the uh, crust, uh, uh, the um, somebody higher up, I guess. Uh, goes missing. Donald Pleasance, who's an inspector, and his uh, partner uh, by the name of Norman Rossington. So Donald Pleasance is Inspector Calhoun, and Norman Rossington is Detective Sergeant Rogers. They're on the trail of uh, these missing people. Um, Donald's character is quite interesting. Uh, he drinks on a job, but he's non-alcoholic. Um, he's He's mad one second. He's happy the next. He's really quirky. Um, he'll send someone to, to his office to talk to him, but only for a question. Then he'll send him away. They don't bring him back in. He's a weird duck. He's an odd duck. Um, I, I really don't know how to explain it more than that without you actually seeing the film. Um, but you should see the film for Donald Pleasance and for Norman Rossington because they are the highlights of this movie. Uh, the rest is other shit. Um, I don't want to spoil the film. I feel I should to save people money, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> um, I, I have questions regarding the 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 killer in this movie. Um, I did not like him or her at all whatsoever. Um, okay, man. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I hated this film. I really did. I, I, it's it's fucking horrible. But I love Donald Pleasance in this movie. He makes the movie. He really does. Um, yeah, I. It, it really fucking sucks. It really it it really sucks. Let's say that I saw this on Shutter, and then I saw it for cheap yeah. online. I will not buy the film. But since I bought it blind. Wow. And now I own it. I won't get rid of it because, again, Donald Pleasance is awesome. Um, right. But the film itself really sucks. There's a there's a weird cameo with Christopher Lee in this film. And it's like him and Donald Pleasance like dueling uh, in like an act of wits because they're, they're after the same thing. But one's a different organization than the other. It, it's really weird. Um yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. I, I honestly really don't know. I, I don't want to ruin the film, so I can't really talk too much about it. Right. But ugh, it's annoying. Um, 
That sucks. Yeah, out of four stars, I give I give this one star, and that one star is okay. for Donald Pleasance. Yeah, yeah, I was really bummed out. That's so disappointing. Yeah, it's, it fucking sucks. Like, I really did not enjoy. It. I'll never watch this again. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, that sucks, man. Because it, like it looks like reason I want you watching is it's one like I wanted to buy. You know, I like added to my Amazon wish list and everything. Like yeah. it looked like a good movie, and so that's really disappointing. Yeah, it, I was really bummed by it. I'm glad you wasted the money on it, not me. So. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Very good. Well, I'm sorry you didn't like it. That's okay. Um, but hopefully uh, next week's will be better for you. So. Yes, hope so. All right. So Cheap Thrills is a DVD I bought like um, like last episode when I was working at Family Video. Um, this one actually came with the full case, though, unlike Welcome to the Punch, which was disc only. Um, I probably still only paid about $2, $2 for it, though. So not much more than I did for Welcome to the Punch. Um, with you know just the disc but anyway mark you've ranted and raved about cheap thrills i think for quite a while now yes um but i still i just never ended up sitting down to watch it until obviously you picked it for me for this challenge and i think the reason you talked about it so much is actually probably twofold one you just like the movie a lot but two it's also released on home video through one of your favorite publishers that being draft house films right yeah so correct them and do I can see why I can see why you uh, gets you know the love for me that it does. So I only owned the DVD because this was one where uh, my family video only received it on DVD to rent out um, and not the Blu-ray. So that's why I stuck with it. And honestly, uh, the DVD looked really fine. Like I forgot that I was watching a DVD as I was watching it, so I don't really see myself needing to upgrade in the future. But yeah, so you know, anyone looking to purchase it, if you want to save some cash, the DVD looks fine. So <laughs> anyway. Um, so cheap thrills, it's, it's basically the story of one man making progressively worse decisions over and over and over again. So we follow Pat Healy's character, Craig, um, and his buddy that he went to high school with that he randomly runs into at a bar, Vince, who's played by Ethan Embry. Um, Craig's having a bad day. He got a, uh, he's got a 15 month year old little boy at home. His wife is not working. Uh, He walks out of the house in the morning. He realizes there's an eviction notice on his door. And then, of course, he proceeds to get fired from his job that same day. So he heads to the bar after work to waste money that he clearly needs, I guess. Um, So that was bad decision number one. Oh, and he lied to his wife about it too, saying he was going with his coworker when he really wasn't. He was going by himself. But anyway, that's where he runs into his friend Vince, who he hasn't seen in, they say, five years or whatever. So these two get talking and eventually they meet this married couple, um, Colin and Violet, who's played by David, I don't know how to say his last name, Kochner? Kochner? Uh, yeah, I think I so. Know. And uh, Sarah Paxton, who's gorgeous. The, oh, so gorgeous. Um, yeah. And Colin, he starts like daring these two friends to do these small things for money. Um, for example, one of the first things they do is try to get a woman to slap them for $200 or they, the first person to down a shot gets 50 bucks and so on. So, you know, relatively harmless things. And I don't want to spoil anything, but I will say that these harmless uh, dares turn into much bigger deals as the night goes on. And eventually you know, the two friends are like duking it out to figure, you know, for who's going to get rich quick, that type of thing. Um, so this reminded me a lot of something like, now I haven't seen this one, but I've seen the trailer nerve. Um, just from the trailers, it reminded me of that. Um, but the other one I have seen that it reminded me of is 13 sins. 
Um, I've seen their 13 sins and I love the 13 sins. And yeah, it was very reminiscent of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's basically just two rich people screwing around with, uh, two people who need money and it gets more and more twisted as it goes on. Um, Craig starts out as this likable guy, but quickly devolves into this completely different person simply because he continues to make the wrong choice over and over again. It's frustrating to watch it unfold, frankly, because you just wanted to grab him, tell him to stop and, and show him fucking indeed.com so he can try to snag a new job. Like, Ugh, the dude is a college graduate. He has a he has practical skills because of his background as a mechanic, where he gets fired from. There's no reason he's going to be out of work that long, and yet he acts like he's just been given a fucking death notice, and this is his only way out. And it just makes it so fucking frustrating to watch. That said, though, Cheap Thrills is great because of this reason. Um, you get to watch this character making these decisions that are directly impacting the rest of his life. And the fall from grace is staggeringly quick and shockingly messed up, which makes it a ton of fun to watch. Um, there was one point where I just burst out laughing because of of Vince's reaction to like the ridiculousness happening around him. Now, I wouldn't consider this a comedy, and it I, I don't frankly I wouldn't even consider it a black comedy. Um, you know, but the absurdity of where this whole thing goes did make me laugh a few times, and I think that's in you know I think it's intentional. Um, but, you know, it's hard to talk about this one without giving any spoilers. And Mark, I would love to eventually do an arc of like uh, uh, previous best in the backlog challenge movies that we're dying to talk more in depth about because this sure. would definitely be a candidate for that arc. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I enjoyed this one. Um, I would have loved to see more of like the aftermath of all this, but that's not what the film is really interested in. Um, it's almost nihilistic in that sense. You know, everything is meaningless, but the here and now and everyone in it is remarkably selfish. Um, so I didn't end up really liking any of the characters at the end, but I still had a great time watching them go through this insane night that they'll never forget. So I'm giving cheap thrills three out of four stars. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was fucking crazy. Wasn't uh, wasn't expecting what I got, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it was good though. And uh, yes, uh, what was it, Sarah Paxton? Right, Sarah Paxton. Yes. Yeah, she's she's very good in this. Sarah Paxton, the same girl in the Innkeepers. Um, I've not seen that one. I've seen the first of his, the one before oh. that one. What the hell was it called? Uh, uh the house, uh, house of the, the house, house of the, of the devil. devil? Yeah. Yes, that one I've seen. Yeah, I've not seen Innkeepers yet. So I got to check that one out. Do you own Innkeepers? Mm, I honestly don't think I do, no. Oh, the reason why I, I don't ask is I'm on your here. DVD list right now. And okay. the movies to watch, uh, that list is not showing up. So, Oh. <laughs> uh, well, t- tell you what. Since you bought a yeah. whole bunch of 4Ks. Oh, okay, perfect. And yeah. you haven't watched all these spirit movies, what, I, I suggest you should watch Logan this week. Perfect. And that will bump that turd that was JL out of your second uh, bump, uh, second spot uh, to the third. Though. I, I, I petered out. I'm. I, okay, I, I don't know what sure the fuck. Folks, I've been up since 3.30 this morning. It's currently uh, oh. 9.03 p.m. now. Uh, That's I'm I'm running on fumes and I got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. We'll uh, no, it's all good. Get your ears here. 
So I am going to, if you haven't watched this one yet, which frankly you may have, um, but there is a film on your list from A Whisper to a Scream from 1987. It is an anthology film. Have you seen this one? No, I have not. Okay, good. I've heard good things about it, so hopefully you'll like it. Like I said, it's an anthology film um, from Scream Factory. Yes. Perfect. I will watch that. Oh, you know what? Vincent Price is in it too. I, I, I know. I'm like, ah, oh, when I thought I was out, you pulled me back. In. That's right. I didn't realize that until just now. So sorry about that. But that's yeah, all right. It's all good. Uh, yeah, you'll like it, I bet. So Perfect. So uh, just to recap, I will be watching Logan from 2017 for next week. And you will be watching From a Whisper to a Scream from 1987. Yes. Awesome. So that's going to wrap things up for this week. So we will be back next Friday, December 7th with a review of Wishmaster 2, Evil Never Dies from 1999. Ooh, it's going to be good. So as, hell yeah. <laughs> so as always, if you have any questions for us here at the podcast, please hit us up on Twitter using that hashtag InFilmWeTrust for any questions you might have for the two of us here. And again, hit up hit us up on Twitter at Cinefessions using that hashtag InFilmWeTrust. And if for some reason you're not on Twitter, give us a call at 1-302-448-TALK or email us at contact at cinefessions.com for any question of the week's question of the week options for us. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it is you might be listening to us. Positive reviews help us get more listeners. So we really appreciate you taking the time to leave us a review. And we appreciate you telling your friends about us. And another reminder, you can always reach us on social media. We love interacting with you guys there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. So make sure you're following along on all those platforms. And Mark, remind our listeners where else they can find you online. Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Mark underscore Nadeau. That's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. And on Instagram at uh, mnadeau 2 Fantastic. And you find me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. And I'm on Letterboxd under that same name, Simon1. All right. Thank you, Mark. Oh, thank you. It was great. Yes. It was great talking to you again after two weeks. Good arc. Good art beginning. Absolutely. We're arcing. Hell yes, let's do it. Right. <laughs> I think we peaked. That's okay. <laughs> All right. So I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 113 of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film, we trust. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>